trades, deals, and surprises. On this week's roundtable, we got George T. in the studio with Eric DeYoung, a friend of ours. We talk about quite a variety of stuff. Some of the best and worst deals we've ever gotten. Driving your Volkswagen without a clutch. Street racing, as well as building your own engine. And a little bit of talk of EFI, plus a bunch of nonsense and banter throughout. So if you guys like your typical VW talk, just some guys sitting around bench racing, I'm sure you'll dig it. Before we get this podcast started this week, I would appreciate you guys that are fans of the podcast to pick five of your good buddies that know... That they love Volkswagens and have not listened to the podcast yet. Put them on a group text, send them a link to the podcast, get them to give me a listen. I know they won't be sorry and you guys will be the hero for turning them on to some awesome VW talk for them to listen to as they make their daily commutes, work in their garage or whatever they're doing to get their VW fix. Now we'll hear a few words from our sponsor. Tired of the same old stuff for your VW? Check out Ross Wolf. They have a variety of accessories for your VW. Gas tank clamps, fender washer kits, IDA jet covers, distributor clamps, velocity stacks, and body to pan kits. All constructed of T6 6061 aluminum, anodized in a variety of colors. One of the coolest pieces that I personally like is their locking dipstick. Jason and Jared started this company to fill the void in the VW parts industry where customers receive the service they deserve. Where did the name Ross Wolf come from? Well, check out rosswolf.com to read about a man whose commitment to performance was only matched by his dedication to quality parts. To check out more, go to rosswolf.com and check back often for an always expanding catalog. That's rosswolf.com. R-O-S-S-W-U-L-F.com, rosswolf.com. So support those that support Let's Talk Dubs podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T, and we are doing a round table in the studio today. I have two guests with me today, George T, my brother. George, what up? What up, everybody? And I've got Eric DeYoung here. Eric. How's it going? We're calling this round table with your average Joe. Actually, Eric's a buddy of ours, and he's also a listener to the podcast. He's, uh, you know, like a lot of listeners, they give me a lot of unwanted input, and so I figured we'd have him on the podcast so we could see what it's all about. <laughs> But uh, no, what, what, what I want to start off today's podcast with is just wanted to touch bases on this week in VW history. This week in VW history, we had, that's another thing people love when I repeat things, when I say it over and over, people love that. So uh, this week, June 5th, 1945, the uh, Allied forces had turned over control to the English for the uh, trusteeship for Volkswagen works. So uh, at this point, in history, that's when Ivan Hurst came in as the British representation for uh, control of the VW uh, factory. And what's amazing that I realized is that this dude was 28 years old. Yeah. And took over. Like he was in charge of organizing the factory, putting it all together, taking going to this thing of rubble that's half working and starting to organize. organize and also it. doing military things. Not They were doing the Kubel wagon, but... Well, the Kubel wagon, that's what, that's, that's what the, the Nazis were using it for at the time that they were last in production. But his job was to turn it back into a car manufacturing plant. And uh, 
you know, the amazing thing to me is he's 28 years old and I'm sitting there thinking like all of us work and we're all in our forties. I think you're in your forties. Yes, sir. All right. Eric's in his forties. So, but, uh, we, um, I don't know any 28 year old that could make things happen like that, you know, um, for a guy to be 28 years old to run a factory like that, I think it's huge. Pretty impressive. You know, but that's what happened this this year, uh, this, this, week, this week, this week in VW history, June 5th. That was the day before my birthday, and uh, my birthday was June 6th, just in case you guys didn't know. So it was only 360-some-odd days left for my, Were you working for on shopping birthday? my birthday. I, work, I always work on my birthday, just, bro. Just laying down a podcast. Grinding it out, bro. Grinding Happy it birthday. out for you, for my listeners out there. Happy birthday, Bill. Thanks, buddy. Um now, I want to talk about a couple upcoming events. The events are starting to kick off. Uh, the first one that's going to be coming up, well, there's two at the same time. The first one that's going to be going on is the VW Camp Out in Panguitch, Utah. That is going to be the 26th to the 27th at uh, Panguitch Lake in Panguitch, Utah. That's in southern Utah. So it's a big VW Camp Out, and it's put on by the Utah Transport Association. So that's the first event. The second event is the Fast Four Cartel is putting on the Summer Slam, that's the 26th to the 27th in Me- at the newly refinished Medford Drag Strip. So that's pretty awesome. I wish I could go to either one of those. Unfortunately, because all the events were canceled, I had already planned on a uh, a conflicting event that I'm going to be doing with uh, something else. But uh, we'll be out at some of the events soon enough. So before I'll we get... I'll the uh, Utah camp out. What's that? I'll be representing the Utah camp out. Yeah, George T. will be at the Utah camp out, so I may send him with some shirts and some stickers if any of you guys are interested in some of that stuff. Uh, you know, why not put George to work, man? I think hmm. I like the sound of that. Hmm. So if you see George, you know, if you see George at the if camp out. Me, don't come talk to me about Let's Talk Dubs. If you see George at the camp out, every time you look at him, shout, Let's Talk Dubs, and he'll give you a free sticker. But once you tell him one time, you can't ask for a second free sticker and you can't say it again because then it'll just be annoying. Hey, George, only bring like three stickers. Yeah. <laughs> He's I'm out of stickers. So, uh, Eric DeYoung, a listener, enthusiast, a fellow VW pal here in Las Vegas. Eric, why don't you tell us about, uh, just tell us what you have in the stable, what you have for cars. I've got a 56 Bug that I've been working on for a little bit. Um, I've got a 66 Pagali Squareback, a 65 Bug that is originally sold here in Vegas that uh, somewhat garage restored that one. I have a January 53 Zwitter and a basket case 61. That's going to be a project for my son. Dang, that's a couple cars you got there. He's got a few. I got a few. So like your average VW. One for every person in the family. That's right. Plus one. And then an additional one just in case. (laughs) That's right. Just in case they run out. Well, Angela's the one with two of them. Actually, you do too. Yeah, Angela and I both have two. So, well, my wife's had a couple of Volkswagens and she can't even drive a stick shift. So yeah. I, every now and again, I'm like, that's your car, babe. Is it? Yeah. The, Mex- <laughs> the Mexican bug. And she gives that blank look back. Huh? Yeah. The Mexican bug I had belonged to Megan for a long time and uh, she um, still doesn't know how to drive a stick. We tried that one time. I don't know if you guys can relate to this one time. We, I tried to teach my wife to drive a stick and I thought after about a solid six or seven minutes, I thought it was all that it was time for panic training. And so when I said, when I say stop, I want you to stop the car as fast as you can. So I screamed, <laughs> stop in the car. She stalled it. She, she shut the car off and hopped out and said, we're done. We're not doing this. And I was like, I'm just kidding. Like, I just want to see how you react. And then it was a, it was an awkward night the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So you got the reaction you were expecting then? Uh, no, I was, I thought, I thought. We're well, gonna... I learned to drive stick in the Bill T. School of Stick <laughs> Driving. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was a miserable George? experience. <laughs> How do you remember that? 
What, yeah. what, what did I teach you? What did we teach we you on Drive Rainbow and Washington. I was driving your bug back from 7 Eleven. Oh, and bro. we had to go up bro. the hill. And of course, you're talking about you're fresh to stick and you got to go up a it's hill a now for the stop horse. sign. Perfect. 40 horse junkie bug that probably had a huge flat spot, I'm sure, on the takeoff. Could you find first gear? No. Of course. Why would any of the shifting bro, be it, had, it had a scat drag Why fast. Why would any oh, of that stuff work well? Don't play, dude. Oh. Yeah. So anyways, I stall it and we're in the middle of the intersection. He's just screaming at the top of his lungs like, Put it in there, Josh Gordon. And I had like total panic. Like I had no I idea think, what I was doing. I don't doing. think that was a word. It was a mess. Yeah. Well, it was a mess. Listen, it was high. It was special high intensity training. You can look that acronym up on your own. But it was special <laughs> high intensity training just for you to teach how to drive a stick shift. So you're welcome because Thanks, you're you're a man that can handle the pressure on a stick shift. That's yeah, good. I remember that same hill. I'm sure you guys can relate to this. On that same exact hill that we that we'd have to go over the overpass on the freeway, and I had a forty horse in that bug. It was your traditional first-timer bug, 40-horse, slammed on smoothies, 135s in the front, 145s in the rear, uh, painted Ford Grabber blue with Porsche nipple hubcaps, and the car was primered. And um, I'd painted all the 40-horse tin, that Ford Grabber blue. Perfect. And I remember my clutch my clutch cable broke, my clutch hook broke Going on the up. way just before I went up the hill. So you I had to go. shift clutchless? Yeah, I had the, the, I'd practiced it a few times because somebody told me you could do it, and then I just started. I started doing that, and uh, luckily, I'm a professional. So now, a matter of fact, I was driving my. I I have a Celine Mustang picked up from a homie, and I was driving that about a week ago, and I've been having an issue where the the header tube on it. Let me rephrase that: the header tube normally runs hot like it does, but they do not re- make the 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 clutch cable sheathing like they used to. And it used to have like a steel sleeve in it. Now it's just plastic. And so this is great engineering. When it gets hot in the engine compartment, the plastic melts on the clutch cable. So you go to push the clutch in it and it unhooks the clutch cable. So It's a good system. Yeah. Self-adjusting. It's, it's it pure, adjusts to not work. It's <laughs> pure trash. This is the second clutch cable I put in that Celine. And I and I had some friend of mine that's like not really a car guy. And he was over here. He's, like, guy, he's the one that should be working <laughs> No, no, no. Hey, no, you no, really no. don't work on cars. No. Do me a listen. favor. Take <laughs> you guys. You guys are jumping ahead of the story. I had a friend of mine over here visiting, and he wanted to take a ride. And I said, let's take a ride in the Celine." So I hop in the Celine. It's supercharged. It's got too much compression. It needs to run a race gas so you go wide open. But we were bombing that thing down the road, and uh, the clutch the clutch cable had gone out. And I said, well, you ever seen a guy drive a, drive a car with no, with no clutch? He goes, you can do that? I said, sit down, nope. grasshopper. So I showed him how to drive that car, how to drive that thing all the way back here. And it was we can do all warm. kinds of things. Come on. But see. listen, I attribute that to, regardless if that was a Mustang or a semi-truck or whatever, you learn all of that driving a Volkswagen. I do my element sometimes to see if it'll do it, and it does it. It probably does it really smooth in the, in, the, in, yeah, in the Honda in the Honda Trans. Yeah. The the Celine is a little tough because it's, sh- it's that short-throw Momo yeah. shifter. And uh, you got you got to kind of wind it out a little, a little bit. Finesse. A little, a little, a little finesse. finesse. But, uh, that sounds like an excellent design, though. To melt the actual yeah, it's ridiculous. Holds it it in is place. absolutely ridiculous. Pretty awesome. But um, so we're talking about on the round table today. We're talking about first thing we're going to talk about is some of the we started on the last podcast. I got some feedback from the people like it. So I want three people on Instagram that you follow, George. Three people you follow, Eric, and then I'll give three people. So George, who are three people you follow on Instagram and why? Uh, cool flow is uh, a good follow not only do they sell cool vw related 
clothes, and they also are, are big 80s BMX fans. So they always have cool posts showing nice BMX stuff along with Volkswagen stuff. So two of my favorite things combined. Um, A1 Performance. Everybody knows Tiger out there. And uh, I just I like him as a follow. He puts up really cool exhaust systems, and he always gives you a little bit of funny tidbits in there. And I'll come back to you guys with the third one. No third one? Eric, what do you got? So uh, one of the follows I like is a ZVW bus. It's Lynn Bjornstrom up in the Idaho, I believe. It's a good, uh, good follow. Lots of photos uh, of his VW treks throughout the world. Um, he knows quite a few people in the world and uh, lots of VW stories. He'll post up uh, quizzes and stuff, photos of obscure parts. And uh, Womack Bug Vans out of, uh, I believe, South Carolina. And uh, him and a buddy just recently did a cross-country trek and uh, kind of posted up some photos along the way from uh, Washington back to somewhere in the Carolinas. Yeah. And who's your third? I'll come back to you. Your third. So, so, oh, George has his third. Dang it. So, oh. George, so George, your first two were? My first one was Cool Flow. Cool Flow. So cool Flow. Okay. Second one was at A underscore one performance. So that's Tiger, A1 performance exhaust. And my third is Ned Fow. It's N-E-D-F-A-U-X. And he posts up really cool vintage pictures. And usually there'll be about seven in a row. And then his last one's always unrelated and just a funny picture. So he's always entertaining. But the pictures he puts up are usually, uh, uh, obviously, era pictures. So, you know, if he's putting up Porsche pictures of 356s and whatnot, they're from the 50s and the 60s and whatnot. He's a really good follow. I like him. I believe he's affiliated with uh, Hayburner out of England. Hayburner is always in his tags, yeah. So it's probably Hayburner. But... Ned Fow, F-A-U-X, I believe it is. So those are the those are the three you guys follow. I'm going to give you the three that I follow. Um, the first one is I just recently started following uh, Ace Performance, um, Ace Performance Engines, I think it is, and uh, that's Stefan Rossi. Yeah, Stefan Rossi, like the headlights, pretty legit. It's got to be a cool. <laughs> oh, he's got to be a cool cat, like bro. You see, I brought the headlights. Uh, right, moved him right in the middle of the conversation. Let's talk Rossies. I'm starting another podcast called Let's Talk Rossies. You and Nick so, Lafrance can listen. Man, me and Nick Lafrance will will we'll touch each other's phone dials. Um, but that's it. That guy's doing some pretty cool stuff. He's do, he he builds VW motors. He also builds LS motors, and he just does some pretty clean work. Um, I've been digging the stuff that he does there. Um, there's definitely lots of stuff to check out on his on his Instagram. So if you guys haven't checked that out, it's uh, he's a super precise engine yeah. builder. Like if you look at the way he does things uh, with with what is that called a bore gauge? The dial bore gauge. The dial bore gauge. Um, just the fact that he sits there and he'll, he'll rotate the bearings around with different sets to find the ones that give the the best crush and things. Someone that takes the time like that, that's the dude you want building your engine if you're not doing it yourself. Well, you know, and we're, I'm going to talk to him about that on the podcast, but that's really what you, that's really what we're talking about when we talk about blueprinting an engine. It, that's, yes. a, that's the difference between a motor assembler and a builder. That guy builds an engine. Anybody can assemble it. Anybody can throw garbage together from across the room. Well, listen, there's been. There's and I just been, want to clarify one thing real quick. That's Ned, N-E-D underscore F-A-U-X. And it is Hayburner Magazine oh, they'll official. Find it. They'll find so it. I just want to throw it out there, but. No, that dude, Stefan, Stefan, Stefan Rossi. He, I believe he goes by Steph. He is a uh, very detail-oriented person when it comes to building an engine. That's why he's a really good follow. And he's not just a VW dude. The guy does LS engines, drag cars, all kinds of stuff. He's a, he's a really good follow. 
Yeah, um, I follow that one. I also follow uh, Bus Bros, which is uh, another oh, I don't one. Know bus Bros. Mm. Bus Bros is uh, they they just do tons of bus, just bus only pictures, and uh, they've they've just got a bunch of bus images, which are pretty cool. So I like looking at buses, and then uh, man, there's so many on here. I'm just kind of cruising through here. I mean, I do uh, I follow a lot, you know. I gotta give a shout out and I follow loud luggage, uh, loud luggage co loud luggage co. He's out of Arizona. And, uh, before I started following him on Instagram, <coughs> excuse me, I met a guy, his brother was at my swap meet here in Vegas selling some stuff. And he saw I was in Volkswagens. He goes, Oh, you're in the Volkswagens. I was driving the bus or something. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, his, his brother's down in Phoenix, and he does loud luggage and all stuff. I'm like, oh, I heard of that stuff, and I started following his brother. But he's got some pretty cool stuff, and I really dig the uh, – I dig the technology of, like, of the Bluetooth stuff yeah. because when we're in our cars, you know, when we're driving our old classic cars and we want to hear some tunes, but it's it's like, do you want to put a stereo in it? Do you want to put a stealth kind of stereo in it, or do you – VWs don't lend themselves well to hiding electrical – so yeah. like when you want to put speakers in the doors of a bug, oh. you got to get creative with it. Yeah. You know, we do sleeves that open and shut with the door and all that stuff when we put them in there, but you have to get super creative with it. It's a lot of work. It's not an easy install. So the loud luggage is actually a really cool setup because stick it in the back. And if I'm pretty sure they're all self-powered, like they run off like a yeah, he's got, so I batteries, have, right? I have two loud luggage units. Look they at that. Got, we even have a, a, a customer right there. Dude. So boom. they are awesome. He's got a ton of a vintage luggage you can pick from or if he doesn't have it he'll go find it for you i don't know where he gets it from uh, yeah flea markets all kinds of stuff but uh it's self-powered yeah is to, it like a makita what is it what's the battery in it uh, yeah, ancient chinese secret bro like, do you don't charge play? it you have to yeah charge it. okay yep I was so just he sends you, you, like he a sends you a charger and uh like mine can charge my phone off of it i believe right. that's an extra option on them um there's a switch for bluetooth switch for amp and you have you full control with your phone or whatever else you want to nice. hook it up to they're pretty slick units. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're nice, and I like the uh, I just like the the variety of them. They're you know no two are the same. There's another company. And it's really creative way to a, solve a problem. I like that. Like he, a, he he found a good way to, to fix a problem that everybody has. How do you put a stereo in a bug real quick? Exactly. Especially if you had a six volt. What if you had a six volt early uh, car? Yeah. No one wants to listen to AM radio. Oh, you don't hear that, that one bro. speaker. You don't know twitching in your face. It's place that might be the only place you can find Alex Jones, bro. You never know. Might dude. be. Yeah, and, and uh, Loud Luggage being a VW guy, he incorporates, uh, you can have jail bars. He'll bend uh, jail bars around and protect oh, really? speakers and stuff like that. So, pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, I like, I like what he does. I like the variety. Like I was saying, I like that no two are the same. And I like the versatility that you can move it from one car to another. Yeah. Um, especially for you multi-car guys. And I'm still. has got a bus. And I'm still, I'm still <laughs> a, uh. I am still at, I'm still like a system guy. Like I like, I like a system and we were talking earlier. Um, we're doing some status updates on some things. And I know that one of the things we wanted to talk about here was, uh, our buddy Eric. So he's doing, he just got done building his own motor, um, and doing his own EFI setup. So I kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit on the show as, as a, 
as a non-professional as a guy garage builder who does this in his garage. garage yeah. yeah, talk about the experience you just had building your motor. Give us the specs. And if you guys want to follow Eric, his uh, the, what's your My Instagram? My Instagram is the underscore EMD Young. That's T-H-E underscore E-M-D-E-J-O-N-G. Now, to give you a little bit of background on Eric, Eric does uh, low voltage and telecommunication stuff. That's uh, he does it for a lot of commercial operations on the strip, but he does a lot of uh, like super clean, intense wiring. I think when he goes to work, he's on meth because you have, to, <laughs> you, you have to tweak out. Like you see the thousand little wires he works on, but he does super clean, detailed work, and he's he's real meticulous and some stuff like that. And it, it was no no surprise to me that he decided to go with fuel injection on his motor. Now, tell me a little bit about your motor you built, and then let's talk about the fuel injection you went with and why you went with that. But let's talk about your motor first. Okay. So uh, we're talking about my 56 bug right now. When I bought it, it had a 2276 in it and an oil leak that I traced down to being a crack in the case at the full flow fitting. Oh. It's always a good time to find the it. old full flow oh, crack. Yeah. Like one more turn and it should be. <laughs> oh, and they covered it up with JB Weld. So it JB was, Weld? It was awesome. Oh, they fixed yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, they, yes, yes. <laughs> Bro, JB Weld. I was going to get some shirts made and hand them to an engine builder I worked with at one time that built one of my motors for me. I was going to get a shirt made for this guy. I said, JB Weld because nobody's perfect. That's right. Oh, my you know? goodness. So, yeah, keep the JB Weld off of the cracks. Uh, so, I bought a brand new aluminum case. I uh, built another 2276. It's 82 by 94 um, stroker pistons. A Engel uh, 120 cam. Um, some Aircool.net L5 heads. I don't believe they are available anymore. And uh, vintage speed exhaust. And I went with a Mega Squirt brain. So the brain I bought and built probably 10 years ago. This, now, when, is, when this is. When you're talking about, you, you say you bought the brain. You buy the pieces and components, or it's an assembled brain ready to go? Well, that, so what, I bought a kit yeah. that you build yourself, and the Mega Squirt can be found online. You can buy it from multiple vendors. I bought mine from DIYAutotune.com. And uh, when you buy the kit, you can buy one fully assembled, or you can buy one that you solder up yourself. And there's Mega Squirt 1, 2, and 3, one being a much older legacy version. I'm not sure it's even available anymore. Mm-hmm. You have less tunability in that because you have less... Uh, parameters you can adjust um, well let's let's back it up a second before you got in the fuel injection yes sir your motor was 2276 yep. you had to get a new case yep did it so so you bought this is a typical vw store you bought the car with a 2276 built for it yep and it ran amazing and it ran good it just leaked oil everywhere right it, did. it drove me nuts I'd, yeah and so on the 2276 now that the case was broken it's one of these things where it's like you take the motor out, you, you split the case, you pull the parts out. How many parts are the original parts when you split the 2276 apart until it is now? Zero. <laughs> really? Yep. But I st- <laughs> so where's that motor? It's in pieces in the garage. The swap. Did you oh. want to buy, you want to buy, you want to buy a three cylinder head? I mean, a three valve head? <laughs> Got one. <laughs> so my heads, the old heads are actually good heads. They were done by uh, Jason Denham, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, hand port and polish his name stamped in there uh, sorry for the squeaky chair matched uh, Berg 580 intakes to that it had 45 Dells on it and uh, when I bought the new engine case I just decided I was going to build a brand new engine so you didn't rebuild an engine you just <laughs> oh I built, built, you I built a built, new engine yeah, correct so yeah. my old parts are going to go in one of the other vehicles that I have in my corral and interestingly enough what makes me such a unbelievable interviewer is I didn't even know that, but I knew that because I know, I know the VW, the VW story of like, Oh yeah, 
this motor, 1835, 300 horsepower. You pull it apart, it's a 1641. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's always this bag of goods you get yeah. sold when you Thank end God up mine buying was a, a 2276 when I tore it down. Um, I'm told it made 130 at some point in its life. At the flywheel or at the wheels? At the wheels is what I was told. But again, mm -hmm. this is VW. I'll believe so. when I see it. Yeah. So typical to any VW, when you rebuild an engine, you have two when you're done. Right. So it's just like, buy, it's just like a car when you when you yes. buy a Volkswagen, you end oh, up yeah, with you two. Get all the extra parts. So you went with the new motor. So you went all brand new motor, 2276. Yep. Why didn't you go 2332? That's a great question. I mean, Ron, on the podcast, we were, we were talking earlier about some of the favorite podcasts that we listened to. And when we interviewed Ron Fleming, Ron Fleming said, do they make motors smaller than 2332s? I remember. I that. asked the same question. I already had, I already I'm only curious. I'm I had only already curious. purchased those parts by that time when I heard Ron's. So, yeah, I was, was a little stuck. All I needed was an 84 crank to make it, but I didn't. Well, and according to Steve Phillips, uh, you know, that those big strokes on those motors, a little too much side angle for longevity, you know, so you're going a little, little shorter stroke because I think it's a 86. 84 80, versus 82. 84, 84 versus 82. 82 yeah. So 82 stroke in a... Uh, I saved two millimeters. Right yeah, there you yeah. Go. No. Listen, less bro. reciprocating. I don't mass. worry. I picked them up for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let, let, well. Your ultimately, they say, ultimately they say less rod angle, which Gene Berg was not a fan of the rod angle because he said you get side skirt, you know, wearing out the side of the pistons. And when we had Ron Loomis name drop, did you catch it? I dropped that name. Ow, you picked that toes. up for me. Um, when Ron Loomis was on the podcast last week, we talked about his drag car, which I was blown away to find out he had a seventy-five millimeter stroke in that notchback. That was weird. I, that blew my did, mind. I've heard of 74.8 and 76, but I've, when he said 75, I seriously rewound it and was like, did he just say 75? He said 75, 75 millimeter stroke. Yeah. But what the, what's crazy about that, I think, is how short that stroke is compared to, you know, and he's running. A, That's your he, type four, though. Your but, type four is a, what, a 76? Yeah. Oh. 76 stroke. It's in the handbook. But it'll say somewhere. In there. Yeah, listen, I haven't memorized Sorry, I, all I the born. I haven't memorized all the born. Well, listen, everybody can memorize the born stroke stuff on, on the type one stuff because everybody builds type ones. Because we can do, uh, I can do surprise born stroke on you right now and tell you like twenty one sixty five is what born stroke. Hmm. Yeah, we're playing the born stroke game. Wrong, you lose. Born stroke twenty three thirty two is what? Oh, ninety four by eighty four. Ninety four by eighty six. That's twenty three eighty six. 2332, 84 by 94, brother. 84 by 94. The guy to my right right here, your brother. 1694. 1694. Dead beats, bro. Schooling what is it? Yeah, 87 87 by 69. Okay, 1800. That's a stock type 4, 1800. Got you there. Boat anchor. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, I think it's a 76 by 88. That motor out there, Mike, in the garage is an 1800cc, 74 by 88. 76, I think, by 88. And it's that Gene Berg motor that I have. Six and a half to one compression. <laughs> Six and a half to one compression. It will run forever Baby, she on runs on milk. Tar. It runs on milk, dude. I put a little bit a little bit of scotch in that milk, and she runs. I put a little Kahlua in milk, and it runs like a dream, dude. So you replaced the entire engine, huh? Yep. That's nuts. So uh, give you, me. Do you know how many customers I had that bought a sand rail? Or something like that, oh, and man. like, oh yeah, it's a twenty-two seventy-six, yeah. and oh, it's got a problem. Can we check it? And we tear it apart. So I bought sixteen hundred with a one twenty cam, riveted cam, cam, everything. I yeah. bought, oh, yeah. I bought a sand rail motor one time because out here in the desert, obviously sand rail motors are, oh, yeah. are plenty. Was it full I of paid, sand? I paid twelve hundred bucks for a sand rail motor. The, the 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 ports you could almost shove a tennis ball down the ports, Perfect. right? 
And then I get this thing. I start splitting it. Like three fins have been shaved off. It was an alcohol motor. Like absolutely nothing was usable. Like absolutely nothing was usable for the street. And so I lugged around these heads, these masks. I think I ended up selling the heads at the Pono swap meet for like. You should have put it back together and sold it to some other. As a twenty, like hey, this motor is a Sandrail twenty-three. This is a six thousand horsepower engine. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's the typical story of a guy guy needs motor, finds motor in paper, buys yeah. motor, gets ripped off, buys other motor. Yeah, it's the typical VW story. So at the end of the day, you had four for your one car. Yeah, we had I had plenty. Don't worry. So, um, so getting back, so quickly, give me a breakdown of the components in your case, crank, cam, uh, cylinders, CB white rhino aluminum aluminum case, extra okay. deck. I don't remember what the deck order on it was. Uh, Why extra deck? You want to go lower compression? So I don't have to add shims on the cylinders. I actually had to have my cylinders cut down. Uh, crank is a CB82. Mm-hmm. Pistons and cylinders were Molly 94B uh, pistons. Rods were 5.4 CBs. And heads are from aircooled.net. L5. They're L5 series, but no longer available. They used to L5. get them through... They used to get them through uh, DRD, who shut down. I had an L5S1 sciatic nerve issue, but uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the heads. Ooh, we just so went off your, the rails. Going to your mega squirt thing. So why, hold on, we're, 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 we're working there, George. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's it ta- antsy, Bill. Listen, He's yeah, antsy. yeah, yeah. We've just already talked the about the components of his engine twice. No, we now haven't. I got a breakdown. Well, I just got No, I got a clear breakdown of what he put in the motor. Now, what cam did you put in there? One twenty. It's a one twenty. Oh. A little baby cam. All right. So the per Explain the to me what actually cam you would have put in there, buddy. Bro, FK to nine. It's a mild street cam. I'm kidding. No. So one. Are you? So you're doing stock rockers, stock ratio rockers, or are you doing one? One twenty fives. The CB Super Stock. One twenty fives are new ones they come out with. What's the goal behind your motor? And what's the what, what's the compression first? What's the goal behind your motor? Compression's eight point five, and goal is drivability. Okay, so then you decide to go EFI, and you're as we talked about earlier. Eric's kind of a, a tech nerd. Likes the he yeah. likes to build his own computer brain and all that kind of nonsense. Like I'll buy Bill would buy the pre-made one because after four boogered solders and I burned yeah. through the board, I just throw the thing away. So. You buy the Mega Squirt, which I've had a couple of fuel injection cars, and I was studying fuel injection. Well, if you call surfing the web studying, that's what I was doing. Perfect. So I was doing some Built web studies. I was doing some web study when I was doing when I was looking at EFIs, and the first EFI setup that I had on one of my cars was STS. No, the first one I had was the Redline EFI, wow. which is Pan- Pantera. I think is the 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 programming software interface for that. I think it's called Pantera or something like that. <laughs> Um, I had that yeah. set up. I tried to get that set up running. I'm trying to remember on what car, and it wasn't ideal. Then I had the CB EFI turbo set up, which was the Gen 1, which was, it left a lot. It was a, it was, it was a, rough. it was a frustrating system for me yeah. because the popping and snorting of the car at first startup is kind of brutal. And then the, the one thing that frustrated me about that system was it seemed that the, that the, the brain was super sensitive to um the brain was real sensitive to uh like voltage well it didn't seem like an automotive brain the car i guess i I take it into my friend of mine's shop and apparently the brain got burnt out when they jump start the car which doesn't make any sense to me like how would you make a brain that would get fried jump starting the car but anyway and then after that's when i did the sds in the type 34 gear and the sds was 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 the best of the three thus far and then the sds i 
I when I when I didn't know what was wrong with the motor in the Gia, knowing that the the left bank of the motor cylinder flaps on the Type Four pancake setup were not hooked up to the uh, thermostat, the one side of the motor squared the pistons, yeah. and so then during that rebuild, I ended up going to uh, going with the Motec EFI setup. So the, and the Motec, I have to tell you right now, right I tell you right now, the Motec was like get in the car push a button fires up idle smooth no like but then again i have to ask you a question though your motec you had professionally tuned after it was in, professionally yeah. sold and tuned How it was a SDS? six thousand dollar tune-up thank you your sds and your your uh redline and your cb gen one were they ever professionally tuned no but the the that'll make a big difference the sds setup that i got was tuned by jake raby on the on the bench at his place mm-hmm. So he had dyno to the motor and then shipped the brain with the program and all that stuff. And then I ended up talking to some guy out of Dalton, Georgia. I can't remember the cat's name right now. And not at Dalton because he was out of South or somewhere, but he was big SDS guy, called me up, heard I had the SDS and wanted to talk to me about tuning it. And like tuning that thing was through that, like through that box. It was like playing Pong. It was a whole deal. <laughs> and like after. So you didn't tune that with a computer? You did no, it only with that, a handheld piece? Th- that was tuned by Raby. And then I started messing with a little bit and I just said, forget it. I couldn't realize why the car kept running worse as I was driving it. Come to find out. Yeah, mistake. Well, you had, engine, you yeah, had mechanical I, issues. Yeah, I, I have mechanical issues. So, um, but I still have the I still have the extra SDS brain with the crank fire ignition, which, I mean, I love the performance of the car. Like once, it was the smoothest, best running. You're talking about when I had the Motec in fueling car that I had. Well, after the Motec was even more phenomenal. But I think I barely even drove it with the Motec on. Um, so you you're like the the tech guy's tech guy, which is why you did the SDS because you wanted to build not the SDS but the Mega Squirt because you wanted to that and I'm cheap, right? Like, like, no, 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 no. Honestly, right. so I, I bought the brain as a Mega Squirt two. So the the one, two, and three is just a different processor. When I bought it, Mega Squirt two was the best processor they had. So I bought a Mega Squirt two version three board that you build yourself. This is we're talking ten to twelve years ago. Right. So I have a soldering iron, really nice soldering station, and I My went to town on it. Dad's got a bitch it. set of tools. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix that, Camaro. So the uh, you can go online and pull up every Mega Squirt manual, um, and it gives you step by step instructions on how to build it. You need to figure out a couple things. How you want to do? Do you want to do crank trigger? Are you doing cam trigger? Is your crank going to be what type of sensor is it? And I mean, I'm going to dive off into that. And the mega squirt, the reason that people go mega squirt is economy, period. Above all, everything else, it's economy. It's like, but the the reality is it is economy because if you want, I think back when I was looking at it, because I looked at the mega squirt back in the day, it was like $96 or something like that for the components, I think it was, to build your own. Here it is in a a Ziploc bag. You solder this thing up. (laughs) Here's some ICs and some resistors and go to town. But the reality is, the, the the premise behind it was, and it wasn't just Volkswagen. You could do four, six, or eight cylinder with that, it, correct? I believe it can run up to sixteen cylinders. Yeah, and, and it is it is completely open. So whatever right. you want it to run, you can put it on anything. And if you so when you get when you go and buy your Motec or your SDS or whatever, it's set up to run with certain parameters. And if you want to add things that cost more with Megasquirt, you just need to build the circuit for it. Right. It's already built into You the make it sound board. like, yeah, just flip a switch. Yeah, you got to sit there and solder, no, sweat, a lot everything of like, done a, and, like a I Unabomber mean, in a shed somewhere soldering this thing. I got you. I did not have a black hoodie on or sunglasses. Does it have instructions? 
Yeah, there like there's pages and pages of manuals online. Mm. It literally tells you solder this into this. Was this. it worth it building it yourself with the money you saved? And what is the cost difference between a built board and a non-built board? A couple hundred dollars, I want to say. Um, and go to do at DIYauto.com mm-hmm. or DIYautotune.com and they will have... You guys owe me a free t-shirt. DIYautotune owes me a free t-shirt for the advertising. Yeah, Send no it free, to me. No free ads. So... I buy my weather pack plugs from there. Thanks to Eric. They have a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. But um, the but, but getting back to the principle behind that system, the principle behind that system is that you could literally take that system... You can if run you, a lawnmower. Yeah. You if, can run a... A Ferrari off of it. If yeah, you if you're if you're creative enough, you can go to a wrecking yard. You can get injectors. You can get a throttle body. You can get, you can get a tr- crank trigger. All kind of stuff from a wrecking yard. And you realistically, like like for the DIY guy that really wants to figure it out, that has the time and the patience, you could put a system together for probably under three hundred bucks going to the wrecking yard, like picking parts out, like in, no. used injectors. You're gonna pay more for the mega squirt, but if you're buying your used parts at the yeah, but your your brain is gonna put you about three fifty now, I think is what a mega squirt sitting at around now. A, a solder your own brain? I believe so, yeah. And I believe if you're buying one that's already built, it's in the neighborhood of four to five. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But um so Give me the experience of you doing this. You just told me last week you were putting the system in the car and you were having a great time. So yeah, I uh, I had the Mega Squirt two, and uh, when the Mega Squirt three processor card came out, I bought that eight years ago, roughly. I never did anything with this. I moved houses between then. This thing moved in boxes back and forth around the garage, and so when I decided to put it in the car a couple weeks ago, uh, I was chasing gremlins. I was checking every sensor i was checking every wiring i would go to start it up i wouldn't get any spark to my coils i uh, i'd get sparked to my coils and all of a sudden my fuel wouldn't go i had a fuel pressure regulator fail on me and uh i was getting really frustrated and last saturday the mega squirt would not turn on no matter what i did so me being the intelligent one i am i uh, pulled it all apart pulled the mega squirt 3 chip out put the mega squirt 2 chip back in it put it in some basic tuning program or parameters um, and redid a little bit of the wiring so that it would work and it fired up extreme oh man it was so rich like I think if you would have had a stray spark my garage would have blown up the, yeah. half the block up it was up. running it was running. <laughs> at least it was running right it was and huge shout out to Mario Vlet up at the dub shop and in, in uh, the Pacific North Northwest up in Washington he helped me get the fuel under control and uh, basically helped me take a couple baby steps so I can walk into the garage turn the key and it'll fire up great but as far as drivability I have no tuning done in it for that yet and what, what part of Washington's he in Monroe I have I think it's somewhere in so the he's, Seattle area I'm not he's sure. outside of the uh Chaz, he's outside of the Chaz zone that they've taken uh, over, that the, no lo- that the looters have taken over. Yeah. So, I mean, not that the looters are going to take any EFI stuff. So, he's we, got cool stuff in his shop. So, we, I mean, he needs to be careful. You no, know, well, but you know, those those guys a little, are a little under two hundred dollars. The difference for a built board and non built board is it two hundred bucks? Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah. All right. So, a Mega Squirt Two EMS standalone is five. I think we found a job for George's research. Well, and in, in the I'm in the, the long of the podcast, in the in the the grand scheme of things. It's going to be cheaper and quicker to buy a built board because by the time you go, yeah. you cannot buy a pencil soldering iron. You can't buy that soldering iron. You plug into the wall and have no adjustability. You will destroy everything you do. Just put you more solder some, on it, man. Yeah, exactly. You need to know how to solder. It sounds like a nightmare, off. dude. It was. <laughs> I have trouble soldering. But the thing is, if, if you're, yeah, but you can't see George. George T is blind. George T is blind. But I mean, if 
I, if you're into that stuff, it's cool. Me, um, if you want to save a couple hundred bucks and spend a couple yeah. nights out in the garage soldering and stuff like that, and that's your thing, it's great. Yeah, no, they're they're good systems, and I was fascinated looking at them years ago because I always thought like I used to get so frustrated looking at EFI setups and thinking why aren't they more more affordable? You know, if you could get and I and I think they're pretty close to where you might be able to get get an EFI system for about a thousand bucks for super basic systems. It's a lot of your own wrenching and your own yeah. stuff, yeah. And there's going to be a lot of learning curve in that. I'm not I'm not saying putting fuel injection on is going to be easy and you can turn the key and walk away. But I think in the long term, big picture, uh, you can turn the key and have complete tunability your engine, so you can get it to run right. If you know what you're doing, you can also blow it up if you do the wrong thing. So yeah. what kind of, what kind of, uh, throttle bodies, injectors? I mean, so I've got CB 48 throttle bodies, um, 32 pound injectors. I believe I got those from CB as well. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so they're 48 my, millimeter throttle bodies, like on their EFI setups. Correct. They fit a IDF or a Delorto, thro- uh, intake manifold, uh, their CB, uh, injector intake manifold so it looks like a carbon with a little offset so you can tie your injectors into it but it's is it like it's a uh, like a loop system or is they call it is it a common rail or loop system where you've got to return line back to the tank exactly. and you've got to do all that and it's yep. a high pressure system yeah so your fuel pump needs to be adjusted or not adjusted it needs to be replaced an electronic fuel pump so that you're pushing some serious pressure like uh, 43 and a half psi is what you should see where your car's idling and then uh, if you're boosting, that's a whole other world. You need a boost reference regulator, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. So your your goal is to get the thing out on the road, EFI. I mean, and you're doing EFI because you want it to run smooth. You want to get good fuel economy. You want you want to try to get the best of both worlds. What's your reasoning behind the EFI? Or are you just because just you're a tech nerd, you like the EFI? A little bit of all of that. So I'm, I'm tech nerdy. The other thing is this isn't a 56 bug. I couldn't get to my adjustment screws and my carburetors, which really annoyed me. So now I can just do a couple taps of the key, keyboard, make my adjustments. Um, I also have full control of my ignition now, thanks to a, uh, once again, the Dub Shops crank trigger system. So I have a sensor that can tell what position my engine's at while it's running. And then I can adjust my coils to fire when I want. I can adjust the entire timing curve. Um, at different RPM ranges, at different loads. Is that going to work with your, with the Mega Squirt 2? Yep. All the same parameters that you had in the other one, the other brain, all work with it? Yeah, with the... so with a Mega Squirt 1, I believe you have what's called like an 8x8 eight eight, um, box. So it's eight rows and eight columns. Mega mm-hmm. Squirt 2, I want to say, is 12x12 12 12 or 16x16. 16 16. Mega Squirt 3 is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 32x32. 32 32. So there's so what does that mean of, for the layman? Because I don't understand that. It's all the different cells you can adjust. So you can adjust more cells and get more f- precise tuning the with Mega Squirt 3 than you can with a 2. And then Mega Squirt 2 is more precise than Mega Squirt 1. And I did uh, Mega Squirt a square back years ago, but it was a fuel-only setup. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a garage-fine junkyard uh, Type 3 engine that... Who knows what that thing was, and it did not run well. Did you use the factory EFI stuff? I did. It was uh, all factory Type 3 injectors, which are horrible. Rails, uh, plenum, air filter, all that was factory, and then I wired it up to a Megasquirt brand. Yeah, but factory VW stuff runs good. The injectors are garbage. But, I mean, if it's bone stock, factory. The injectors are garbage but it yeah, runs it's the actual injector it, that's i know i got i got what Bill's you're just saying being difficult no i'm not being difficult but what i'm saying is if you if you found a car with 
10,000 original miles on it and it had been maintained and the EFI system was like brand new. I the, wouldn't touch it, but it's, I'm not I'm saying not you saying wouldn't that. touch it, but what I'm no, saying no, no, is I'm, it should would, run. It should run as it, good as a carburetor it. car. Correct. Correct. I would let it, I would let it go. The factory EFI. I mean, the computer's is, out of control. It's a huge computer and it's like 50 million wires. And I mean, it's, it's very, very finicky. Um, the control systems on it are a little weird. The grounds are very, very important on that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Grounds are very important, important on, on all of them, yeah. on everything. But well, on that brain, you get a stray voltage, kind of like you were talking about with your other one, your Gen One, I believe, CD. Mm-hmm. Super susceptible to bad. Yeah, and that's bad. and that's the part that kind of that that frustrates me. Well, you know, I had Berg injection EFI. back in the day on my on my single cab. It's Berg injection or it's, it's a Haltech. It's a Haltech. It's a Haltech system, but it was the Gene Berg setup with the dual fifty-two millimeter throttle bodies. And his whole setup. But that's a Haltech yeah. brain, right? It's a Haltech brain. It was the Haltech, like the first stage in DOS. And that thing was a mother of pearl to, to tune because you had to go through each. It was 32 bars for your fuel system. And you had to adjust each bar for every 100 RPM. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Absolute well, nightmare to tune. I don't know. Is it's, that why you sold the single cab? No. The guy. <laughs> here's the worst thing. The guy I sold the single cab to. Gave the guy all the Berg injection to put a set of carbs on it. Couldn't believe that when he told me that. I said, you did what? He's like, yeah, the guy put some 44s on it for me. I just gave him all the Berg stuff. I was like, oh, Here, man, cool. here's Yikes. this fuel injection. Well, listen, I don't want to talk about bad trades. Let's talk about bad trades for a second. What is the worst the worst VW trade you made? I'm going to go first. Go for it. The worst VW trade I made was... Uh, I traded to, to, and I'm calling names, I traded to Jaime, that uh, MP padded uh, horn wheel mm-hmm. for a set of those HPMX 44s. But for me, Daniel, Daniel, I'm sorry, yeah. to Daniel. But for One me, it was like, it, it was like, I didn't care because I wanted the carbs and I, I could I didn't care about the steering wheel. I still don't, I, as rare as that steering wheel is, I still think it's the ugliest yeah, MP wheel on the market, but that's the wheel I had my in my 67 and I, I hated the crap out of thing because the horn, that big fat horn button, the, the built-in airbag kept yeah. falling off every time you're driving it. So that's a bunch of hot garbage. So for me, it was a good trade, but in theory, value for value, it was a bad trade because the steering wheel was worth four times what the carburetors were. And then when I bolted yeah. the carburetors on something, they ran like hot trash. So, yeah. um, but they were the first gen HPMX, which I think is Spanish for garbage. Actually, those were my old carburetors. I bought them. They got, you bought them brand new, brand new. We fired them up on my motor. And then I went injection. We literally broke in my engine on those. And then I, I, I came up. Engine. Yeah. And I came up with the bright idea of doing the injection and adding about two weeks worth of work of return fuel lines and welding bungs and tanks and all the mess that goes mm. on with Switching fuel injection. Over to AN instead of just driving a car. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. yeah. The fun part about my, my fuel injection things, I test started the engine with my 45 Dells and it fired up beautifully. And then I decided to tear it off. Put it like, in let's do some, let's go super tech. So, all right. Um, George, what's the worst trade you made? God, I got too many to list. <laughs> bro, throw them out there. Ah, come on, bro. You <laughs> guys, this is some crappy trades. What's the first thing that comes to mind? All right, Eric, I just, I, oh, I, I trade a lot of people's stuff. No, no, no. It but let's just one specific trade. Just stop it, victim. What? Give me one bad trade, dude. Just not even a bad trade, but a trade. Even if it's like with the trade with me with the MP steering wheel, like I really don't mm-hmm. care because I wasn't big into that MP steering wheel. Um, but value for value, it wasn't a great trade. To me, it didn't Can I matter. Can come up in story? I instead? love come up stories, yeah. 
So Eric here. <laughs> what, you what? are welcome for this Eric all day here. Long, buddy. He's like, hey, man, my brother's got a body that they got everything they want off of it. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, have him drop it off. I'll take I'll take whatever's left on it off mm-hmm. of it. So, so I he, get, I'm going to stop you real quick. I get this phone call from my brother. says, dude, my neighbor has this roached out Baja bug thing. Do you know anybody who wants this? We just need it out of the neighborhood. So I call my buddy George over at the wagon and say, hey, dude, do you want some sheet metal or something off this Baja? I've never seen the car. And we were doing a, a resto on a car that needed a lot of metal. So I was like, yeah, bring it. Uh, you know, we'll see what we can take off of it. So <laughs> Bug shows up and I call Eric. I'm like, there's nothing you guys want off this car? Nothing? And he's like, nope, it's I've yours. never seen this car. <laughs> it had an MPG TV wheel in it. You're welcome. That my brother has now. Yeah, and the gauges too. Weren't the gauges in that car too? No. Where did the gauges come from? Mate, no. The full set of MP gauges that you gave me. Well, you gave yeah, me, we traded. You're welcome for that too. <laughs> it's funny, he was just commenting on those. Wow, he's got a full set of MP gauges. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> Oh, you, were looking, you, were, you were looking at yeah, my display a, case. A bad I trade. Uh. Hey, so mentioning That's bad not a trades, trade. Can That's I, uh... free. That's free. Uh, That's a good time. Hey, I'm all good for that. That's not a big deal. So my worst trade, I traded a car that was running and driving, had a little bit of an issue, so I pulled the engine out, and I traded it for a long block, and that long block, who knows where that thing is. So I did receive a long block. Mm-hmm. And I brought my 63 that I had at the time to the wagon and asked them, hey, I got a brand new 1776. Will you guys put this in the car and get it running? And uh, I'd like to come pick it up and drive it. I get a phone call from George a couple nights later. Hey, yeah, this thing's leaking compression all over the ground. I am not touching it. I get there. The heads aren't torqued. I get the heads torqued. I get it in the engine. Or I get the engine put in my car in my garage. And... Uh, I drove it for about six months before I started having major, major failures. And that's why I build my own engines. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, well, talking about bad purchases, back in the day there was a guy on the Samba. Um, This is before the Type 34 Gius. This has got to be probably around 2006 to 2008. And the guy's name on on the Samba is Steve's Type 4 Parts. And you were with me when I went down to pick up this motor from those dudes. I was like, Bro, look, I'm like, dude, this dude had like a, you know, how rebuild. that's still wet. That paint's still wet on there. What? Did it's you a fresh rebuild? Yeah. There's a lot of grease paint here. So I, this dude's got a, this dude's got his whole list of all these engines he builds. And I'm like, yeah, let's go with the 2615 for $2,800. What a deal, bro. I'm Good like, deal. total deal. Dollar CC. Nice. Yeah. And this is, by yeah. the way, after he had a Raby Type 4. I had a Raby so Type he, he 4. Already he already good, knew what a good, what the good life was. Ah, I'll just get one from this guy. So you want to go same slumming, thing, right? Bro, no yeah. replacement for displacement, so let's go bigger, yeah. go home. And so I, I should have gone home that day. I, pay, I PayPal this cat the 2800 bucks. I show up with my bro. I'm like, bro, I'm getting the motor for the Gia. Like the Gia, the, the Gia only got built to the mega level because it was a series of bad purchase yeah. after bad purchase. And I, I was keeping track of every dollar spent on that car. And I said, I got so much money in this car, it can't be a schmo. Like it's got to be top level or it's it's no level. And that's why the car had to go way overboard. Um, but when I bought that motor, I show up. We, George and I drove down to some neighborhood in California, and uh, those are where the good engine builders. Yeah. yeah, some neighborhood. <laughs> some neighborhood in California, and we got. Right I meet the, the not I some this dude. Up. Area I meet, or some. You, you know that. You know that moment when you grab that thing in this trade and you got it all. You hyped it up to your boys and everything, and you're looking at it and you're like, "What a piece of crap!" And then you just you can't you can't 
lose face. So you're just kind of like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. Here, help me do this. Oh, you got grease on your hands? Like, how do you get grease on your hands on a brand new engine, right? All this orange goop was like oh. all over the case halves. Like, he, you know, you know, he the, really did he, paint over grease. He did use, nice. he did use like some, pretty, some pretty heavy RTV, bro. Like, and it, you could see it because it's all good for over. Case halves. Yeah, yeah. You know, it helps allow yeah. the bearings to not crush so you're not squishing right. anything. There's exactly. been many times in our lives where I'm like the, the devil on Bill Shorter going, don't do this. What are you doing? Don't do this. Yeah, so and I was like, "Shut up!" And yeah, I, I listen, this. it had already been in this new invention called PayPal, dude. Yeah. I already PayPal this dude the money. So, at any rate, I picked this motor up in That's disgust. A good way to watch your money leave your account really quickly. In, dis- in disgust, I just set this motor in the corner of my garage and just look at it. And it like it looked bad at the bone. It had like uh, aluminum fin cylinders or something like. like it was, so when we when eventually at some point when I split the motor, aluminum paint. No, 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 like aluminum fin barrels, like race barrels, but it was... Probably something that wasn't recommended for the street. The the whole motor was built out of... steel bearings, like who would they... Or steel steel cylinder. Yeah, the the whole motor was built out of like used, like literally used parts. Yeah, and that's actually the motor that's in my crew cab now because the Navy SEAL motor that I have... That motor is in the that that motor's in the split window. That twenty six hundred yeah. is in the split. So when you see the split on the road with twenty six hundred cc's of tire blistering power, be ready, girls. Get your you shoes can thank on. Thank Uncle Sam for that. That's right. <laughs> God bless America. Okay, so that motor eventually, when I blew up the motor in the double cab on my debut weekend at the VW yeah. Classic, like showing up at the I literally I literally locked up the motor. Style. I locked up the motor in the 7-Eleven right by Lyon County Safari. That's where I locked up the motor. And I think we, I don't remember if we towed the car in. I would, it might have been, it, it been after, it might have been after the show, like right when I was leaving, I was like, I just started rod was knocking. It was burnout time? It was rod, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was burnout time because I was trying to do a big burly burnout behind, be in the back area there and the parking lot's all like it needed to be reseal coated 50 times and re-asphalted 50 times or so it's like this big aggregate of whatever and i'm sitting there like i'm sitting yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm I'm sitting there and i'm sitting there uh having uh i think shin was working for let's play vw's at the time and i'm trying to do a big nasty burnout and there's a lot of smoke coming up and it ain't coming from the tires it's coming from the clutch and so, I mean, I'd beaten the crap of that thing all weekend and I got across street to grab a drink. By the time I got across the street, the motor, I'd, I'd thrown a rod in the motor, not thrown a rod, spun a bearing. I had a pretty severe knock in it. So, and then, uh, I dropped it off at a shop down in Southern California and that was a $10,000 rebuild. It was weird because the whole motor cost 10,000 bucks, but that was a $10,000 rebuild. But that was the U S Navy motor, that motor. So when that motor blew up, I took that Steve's Type Four Lucky engine called Lucky, aka Lucky, and I grabbed that motor. And spray I had, paint of gold. And I had uh, I had Justin open it up and just check it out for me, and he said, "Yeah, it looks like. I mean, it's all it's all performance stuff, but it's all used stuff." So I was like, "You know, you know me, super yeah. thorough." I was like, "I don't care. Throw it together and put it in the crew cab." So put it Can in the crew cab. Drove it for a little bit, and then. I was at your place in the crew cab and then that's when I took it to Adam and we just went through the whole motor yeah. because something, what, what happened with it, with it? It was like losing oil pressure or I, it had, I remember I had something. It had super, it. super, uh, super weird, like super low compression on one side. I can't remember what it was. 
I think what it was. It was, oil, it was an oil issue from what there I There was an oil yeah. issue, and it had some fun. It, it it had an oil pump on it that stumped Adam Wick. He's like, i never seen an oil pump like this before. It's kind of it's I like su- that. super huge. And then when you can stump a motor builder, yeah, <laughs> you know you got the good stuff. We, we ended up using something what? else. You've never seen this. Must be special. I just made it. But yeah, so so I went from bad trades to worst deal. What's the worst? What what's the worst deal? You ever got, or the 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 most regretful purchase you ever made, where you're like, I shouldn't have made that purchase. Actually, my bus. Remember when we bought it? So we bought off the hippie. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, that dude took us, bro. Yeah, we paid. We bought, we bought the bus for three thousand dollars. No, twenty five hundred. It was twelve fifty a piece. Super 20, reliable 20, area, not sketchy at all. It was well, the it's King, actually it was at Dylan's. It used to be a bar on Boulder no, Highway, right it, by. Was right it King, by. the Kings Kings Row Mobile Home Park, right there on right next to the. Right next to that bar, we met him at the bar, but he was in Kings Row, yeah, Mobile but, Home Park. Yeah, Dylan's where we met him. So in that parking lot, of Dylan's where we met him. But thirty-six horse, no brakes, and it was hit hard, and I mean hard on the driver's side, so bad, like smashed in. We but you, the bus. you want, you wanted a bet. We, we were the the goal was we we're going to buy it and build it buy and flip, flip it. it, right? And then how's that going? Like several projects, still that, got it. Several <laughs> I projects. Can tell you what, we'd make a lot of money on that job today if we only put the twelve hundred dollars in it. <laughs> Several, several projects that we get into, we, we do that with, and George falls in love with them. I don't even want to get into the Gia or none of those other projects. But hey, It's not that I fell in love with my bus. At the time, I knew nothing was happening. I was like, dude, I'll just buy you out of the bus. I'll give you your share of it. So I bought you, I gave you your twelve fifty back out of it because I had started accumulating parts for it, mm-hmm. and I just got rid of my single cap. So I was like, hey, man, I got to get the bus now. I'm going to buy it. So that's why but I you didn't even get that. You didn't have that bus on the road until Underground Garage days. Yeah. I know it's at in your shop. It's at where it's at now. Yeah, for six years. Matter of fact, you, you were storing it. You were storing it when I was using that warehouse for storage. You had it sitting in that warehouse mm-hmm. for five years at least. Yeah, four or five years, and you had a set of Budnicks inside I it. Had Eighteen inch by seven Budnicks. Yeah, for your Mustang. I, so I, I had a Mustang. I got rid of it. Fox and I got. I ended up getting the wheels back off the Mustang, and. So I was like, well, I'm going to put these under a bus. I, I don't care what I got to cut. I'll put these under a bus. So they actually sat inside that car and then tweakers broke in there to steal all the electrical and they decided Budnicks were good too. <laughs> so those, those, <laughs> but the those bus Budnicks that I bought originally for my Mustang, so I'm actually the one who purchased them. When the car got wrecked, three of them got curbed really bad, but I was the original purchaser. So I called Budnick up. They're like, yeah, we'll fix them for 200 bucks. I was like, heck wow. yeah. I had the 3500 bucks in those wheels, you know. You're talking about back of the day billets in 18s. Yeah. Yeah, they got recycled. <laughs> <laughs> Someone along got 50 with, bucks for that. Along with a Griffin radiator taken out of that 50s truck that was in there. They took the radiator out. That was yeah. aluminum too. Yeah. yeah. Real champions. Savage. Real bro. champions. Savage. So it's what's what, what's the worst deal? What is the biggest burner worst deal that you got? Eric? Probably that motor that was shooting compression on the ground. Yeah. I was going to go back to that same uh, same story there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've owned so many VWs throughout the throw. But something where you just walked away like a kid that oh, just had his oh. lunch money taken. <laughs> Dude, we're going to go back to that sinks. engine I was telling you earlier. Yeah, you were oh, saying it's that goodness. motor? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It was, that was rough. You know what the great thing about that is? That was a good that, learning experience. Well, you it inspired you to build your own engine. So now you do your own motor work. Yep. And I'm same six circumstances seven. with me is what inspired me to just work on my own car. Well, but I think but I, I, I still I, I still <laughs> think that there's I still think that there's there's this part common, of you that theme there, buddy. Yeah. like when you're driving some roached out 1600 that's puking oil everywhere and you got your canon filter on it and you got your mm-hmm. stinger on there and you're just wringing this thing's neck. When you're 17. That's cool. and then you finally get like a big motor like a 1776. Oh. Oh. 
and it's yeah. like and dual carbs forget it bro you're like this thing's a monster and i remember scott used to run on the red potato like he was a hot business 1776 that with dual hot trash cars. car mess but mess the funny part is like they make so much noise especially the when you have no pulse re- we have no pulse re- inside it but you know even even i remember i remember the motor that i that i had built the 1776 that started spraying oil from under the fan trod at that curve right where the cooler yeah. tower comes up yeah. yeah it was cracked right there and they, and they had jb welded it up a little a little bit of cold welding jb weld a little mix and spread a little mix and spread and uh and that thing it was it was squirting oil out of the back wasn't and I was really trying to calculate. Well, how heavy a stream is it? How far do you think I could drive it? Because I really want to drive. If I had oil every and day I, and I think twice it, a day, I, I think might be thing, able to drive this thing. <laughs> and I think and I actually believe that this thing was like ten to one compression. It was super oh, probably high yeah. compression because this is round two of the same motor yeah. that I'd put that motor in to drive to the VW Classic in ninety three or 94 went to go drive to the vw classic it would be closer to 93. yeah and the flywheel came off before i got the state line so <laughs> yeah. that's expensive wow. that's a sketchy deal one wow. wow, wow, wow that's not wow the wow is our boy scott right scott so i had my silent moses I, yeah yeah okay. yeah silent moses who, who was on the podcast you might not remember him yeah. you probably don't hear him the first round table <laughs> but uh he was there he was like what's up and i was like hey way to bring the fire but I was so determined to go to the classic. Like this is early nineties and I'm like, I'm going to the classic. I don't care. Just got my bug painted red and white. It wasn't hundred percent finished. I was Which on, I this? was on Fuchs. the silver bug before that was, was red and white. And, white. The okay. and I, I'm driving. We're, we're headed for California. I grenade the motor before we get the state line. We end up turning around, dropping the motor off this guy's house. And then he's got a Ford Ranger, him and his wife in the front. He's got a camper shell on the back. And I decide my girlfriend and I are already set to go. And no wonder why she broke up with me at the time. <laughs> it was me, her, and my boy Scott in the back of this snug top shell in the back of a Ford Ranger. It wasn't like carpeted. It wasn't nothing. It was just a raw truck bed. We rode in the back of this truck Probably bed. Irvine. Yeah. And Scott had wicked gas, bro. He's just <laughs> ripping them the whole time. And it's like me and my girlfriend. She's probably thinking of how many ways she could leave me. And we end up getting down to California. I'm thinking like who takes their girlfriend in the back of a hot truck in the summertime through the desert this to guy. California? Yeah. This dude. Yeah, and so that was that was the and that was the beginning of that sad story, which eventually ended up into a motor that was a hot pile of trash. But uh, I th- I th- you you feel that power, and you're like, oh man, I got to get back in this. And that's why, like, even if it's leaking oil, you're at least going to take two passes in the thing. And then you got better results when you built the motor yourself. Yeah, the that's next you the and next Ron motor. Got together and built, built no, no, engine. no. It was me and Dino Bacalas. Oh. Shout out to Dino Bacalas, my half Greek homeboy. And he may even be less than half Greek because if you run a DNA test on him, my DNA test came back 92% Greek and the 8% they were wrong. Should be 100% Greek. But either way, not a big deal. deal. We'll just, you know, listen. Hey, we'll correct that. They can't be 100% accurate. There's going to be a little discrepancy. Listen, they can't just, they can't let me brag that much. But my boy Dino Bacalas, who he had uh, Ron Loomis built his boy's car, Dimitri's car. Yeah. But I, that that uh, that that first motor that I built was a I was and before we got a guy in the neighborhood here in Vegas we call Berg Boy before his name was Berg Boy 
they were calling me Billy Berg yeah. because I used to keep saying like everybody's talking about engines. I'm like, well, you know, Gene Berg says, <laughs> if you like, to, it's like, shut uh, up. The the book I showed you at the shop is bills, by the way, the blue Bible and the instruction oh, book, yeah. they're both bills. Nice. Oh yeah. And, but I actually use them <laughs> no longer available. And, uh, and the, 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 the funny part was I built that motor myself and took so much. I mean, it took forever to build that motor. I think, well, plus it was like, I go in this yeah. trailer. I go over to Dino's house. Hours. We go after hours. He had a bad wife. Well, Oof. he he and his wife didn't have the greatest relationship, and we were building it in his race trailer on the side of his house. So he had a. He had Tell a, me, this was in the Vegas summer too. It, it's yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think he had a generator on the trailer. So oh, it was, it was like, a nice trailer. It was, it was a nice, was nice. drag so there's trailer. An AC in there. So we're building it, but like I I I ported the heads myself. Dino showed me how to port the heads. Did all that stuff. We we built the motor. He's like, "Are you sure you want to do seven and a half to one compression?" I'm like Gene Berg says. But that motor was seven and a half to one compression. I followed everything in Berg's book, and that motor ran crisp. You could start that car with just the key and no gas. Um, that car ran fastest time I got in that car with 44s on it, seven to one compression, was a 1402 with full stereo system in the car. Like, and you're talking like 90s subwoofer box, stock gearbox, stock gearbox, deep Bone six stock. alloys on all four corners before they were cool. Everybody would call me deep dish. And drum we brakes. and drum brakes with wheel adapters on all forces. So, yes. I mean, we were moving so much. So really, that little nineteen nineteen uh, nineteen oh four. It was a, a seventy four by ninety point five. That little motor man just ran so good. We had an Isky cam in it. That motor ran so good, and uh, the motor ended up. I put it in a Gia that I had. No, that one got stolen. That that motor got stolen out of the Gia. I took the Gia to my buddy's paint shop. He was going to paint my Gia. They broke into the paint shop and stole a bunch of stereo equipment or whatever. He's building this paint shop, this paint shop with the stereo stuff and all this. And my car was in there, and somebody jacked up the car and stole the engine out of the car. So yeah, that was um, that took some balls right there to pull a motor out and steal it. Like, no, it just, just it just it just took a it just took a low class individual that yeah. that knew. And usually most of those break ins are always caused. The crazy thing about that, that engine somebody. is that car used to dominate at the street races. Oh. And this is no joke. This that car only ran a fourteen. Is this? Like, this, this is, is a, this, this is, is about 90, 90, 96, mm, 90, No, this is before DRP days, and we were hanging out at DRP in ninety four. So I'm going to say this is closer to 93 right before we started actually going over to DRPL heavy. So yeah. in 93, we used to race to the top of Charleston. Where at, there was nothing there, but all the streets were already paved. And Bill's Bug would go out there on street tires, everything, like full service. Similar. He's talking about this is a regular street car. And his trick was we'd line up with these Mustangs. He goes, I want to, I want to lengthen the go. So that means he gets a car I, I wouldn't even take. Front. I wouldn't even take a length. I would just take the go. Okay. So I'm pretty sure you got a length too, but... <laughs> We're talking about four cylinders racing eight Bro, cylinders. So they were they were willing to give a up. A stock right. Mustang. They were willing to give up. A stock Mustang ran fifteen. This guy, stock. There was this guy in town named Gill, and he ran a place called Super Shops, which used to be off of Eastern. That was a, a performance place for for V eight stuff, you know, for regular performance this stuff. Dude not, used not to get mad, bro, bro, his car, I think, was an eleven second Mustang no. all day long. Eleven or twelve second Mustang no, all day long of the track. Probably a twelve second Mustang. I'm gonna say he ran eleven. Okay, let's say twelve. But bro, let's say he ran twelves. Yeah. <laughs> but that's at a track right with slicks Preps, track, here's yeah. a secret launches and all the stuff here's a secret about the street races no one ever runs a quarter mile because a quarter mile is long yeah it's long and people and don't street get light it. to street and light. the game the game was we would all go to the top of charleston to super wash it was called the super wash it was a big huge car wash in a convenience store so we'd all go up there there'd probably be 50 cars in the parking lot and then everybody just walk around talk about racing 
And then as soon as like the first two cars would go, then everybody would go. And it was the top of Charleston. There was nothing there. So on the way to, it was on the way to, uh, to Blue Diamond, Red Rock, uh, Red Rock uh, Scenic Loop. And you just pull over. It's probably around, it was probably around Hualapai. Right around there is where we yeah. pull over. There was nothing there. It was just that. That's where the that's where the city ended. Okay. And we'd all line up, and all the cars would stage down the side, and then people would just like two dudes would race, and then two dudes would be like, "All right, we're up." And then two so guys. So it's four would line lanes. Up. We'd have two races. We'd have two cars running down, coming back to the city, going east on Charleston, and then you return coming up the other two lanes to go up there. So it was a full four lane street, sidewalks, everything already in. Just Summerlin wasn't built yeah, yet. Yeah, brand new pavement. So it was all stuff. brand new. I mean, it was beautiful. And it was dark. So the street, we'd race where the street light stopped is where we'd start racing. Okay. And everybody line up there. So you'd go up there and you get two or three race set up. Well, Bill, yeah. you know, his bug sounded fast. It looked fast. Well, it didn't so, look fast, bro. It was a red, red and white two-tone bug. Red it was white, a lowered bug. Come on, Red man, and white two-tone bug with a roof rack, dude. That was, the, that was the cherry on top. I beat you with a roof <laughs> rack on my car. And... The whole thing was getting the go and just, I love racing Mustangs because Mustangs couldn't hook. Yeah, they slide. And that's the deal because Mustangs are fast. On a track, they're fast. And with slicks, they're fast. On the street, you're not getting that fast. And a bug is just so fast out of the hole. But we did that for six, eight months or something like that. So but, Bill had beat this guy, Gil, probably about three times they raced. And he would just whoop him. And we knew the bug wasn't as fast as his car. It was just the whole thing of like, you got to give me the go. Right. And the bug would take off so hard and leave him, probably about four car lengths at the light. So he would just sit there and mash his throttle and spin and spin and spin. So they ended up like, oh, we're going to get a car here that's going to beat that bug. So they trailer in this black Mustang and they come off the trailer. When you say trailer, they, they tra- in, this is, it's a this race is car. It from town, though? Yeah. Drag okay. car. Yeah. They, they brought a, they so brought a, a car and a trailer. Car mm-hmm. that they brought to the street. They brought Drag a car, car. And a trailer. This is like Street Outlaws before Street Outlaws ever existed. <laughs> they, they brought this car in a trailer. This is 25 they, years ago. That's they crazy. They unload this thing, and it's a later or an earlier Fox Body Mustang with the square headlights, like the the, mm-hmm. the, the ugly, like the first version of it. The four. But it is built. You know, it's slicks in the back, ready to rock. So <laughs> they bring this car, and Bill's like, "All right, man, this is obviously fast, man." We, uh, they weren't silly about it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think you got to give me three in the go. Three in Two the in, go. Whatever, whatever you did, like you got, and they were like, "All right," because they knew they had like a super fast car. So I'm with I'm Bill's driving me at this time. I didn't even have my car at the time. So Bill goes. They line up, and I'm on the sidelines, and I'm watching. And once again, Bill takes off, and that car just launched like a bullet right out of there. And there's these guys doing the same trick. Catch him, and they're just mashing their throttles. <laughs> And the car just spinning, going crazy and leaving. Bill ends up beating that car too. So <laughs> Bill's got to come back and pick him up. Now, midway through the race, Bill throws his fan belt. It just goes, and I see all these parts flying up in the air. So I'm running down the street grabbing his pulley, his shims, <laughs> his belt, his bolt. I'm getting all these pizza, pieces that just flew out because, of course, deck are for sissies back then. So there's yeah. no deck Yeah, show off that power, bro. That's right. So Bill comes back and picks me up. And then as we go down back down towards Charleston, everybody's going back to super shops. These guys were broke down the side. They blew the engine trying to beat my brother. Oh, man. <laughs> Those yeah. were some disappointed racers that they, they trailered a car up there to beat a bug that's fastest time was a 1402 on a track. On a track. 
Yeah, and they blew their shit. engine trying to do it. Oh. Well, but that's I mean, that that was the name of the game in street racing with Volkswagens was just how fast they were out of the hole. You know, that oh, was yeah. a fun thing. And then there was there there was, I mean, they got to a time. I remember one time I can't remember. There's a guy who came up from Southern California with like a full drag bug, that blue <sighs> bug when they were racing off of off of Arville over here. And some dudes so they had Dino, a race for like Dino and Carlos, five, a couple grand. Dino and Carlos Chavantes. So Dino Bacalus. Yeah. And then our, our buddy Carlos Chavantes, who unfortunately has passed since now. But they knew these guys that had this full, like, pro-turbo bug car. And this is when they first started doing the buggins in Vegas. So these guys were like, hey, we're in town. Yeah. And they knew we already street raced already. So they bring this freaking car out there. And it's going to run this Vega. And this Vega is, once again, it's a full drag car. I mean, you can't even see the rear end. The yeah, tires like, are so big in the back. The t- I think it's like a $1,000 race at the time. Which yeah, they, is like, they put $1,000 on the line wow. on this race. And this is actually on, back then, we were racing at Trop and Arville. Okay. So... Arville didn't go all the way through to Russell like it does now. It dead ended. And there was a railroad track there, and that's where we used to do our start line. So these dudes, they put a thousand dollars. They're gonna race this fully straight race Vega, little Vega, and then you got this pro turbo bug. But we're on street. Both of these cars are straight up race cars. Like and I say giant slicks on the back of both of them, everything. They line up and they're all this all this anticipation. I was even holding the money for the race, which was awesome. I was holding the, the winnings in my hand. And these guys line up, and that, of course, the Vega hooks and just takes off. And the bug kind of does, too. And you see it. Like, the Vega takes off, probably gets about four lengths, and the bug just reels him in in, like, a millisecond. I mean, it just pulled up the entire way, and the dude just loses control of his bug. So now he's now – this is a four-lane road. He's already slid over to the other two lanes. He's going completely sideways while still moving forward, and now this Vega's – picking up the pace and he's leaving him out at this point the bug squares up again gets control of it mashes the throttle and sucks that vega back in just to lose it at the, right at the end of the track the guy just lost control of the car again once again sliding sideways vega passes the finish line first but that i mean it won by a nose hair wow against a car that was absolutely losing control 90 percent of the way down that track yeah, it was freaking awesome. Well, if you listen to the last podcast, you'll understand that if your suspension's not set up right, Correct. you're you're gonna lose control. And it's also what, you got that kind of power, and those those roads those were, were dusty. The early, those were the early those, roads th- were those dusty. were the early days too. Those were, I mean, that's when you could have a fast bug, but you're like you still you're, people are still struggling to True. keep those we cars don't know straight. What was underneath that thing, yeah, you know. But, I mean, I used we used to race my square back there. I mean, we, yeah, it we'll was a call, pretty common thing for us to do illegal street racing we'll, back in the day. We'll call that we'll call that section back in the day in Vegas, yeah. back before anybody knew there was Volkswagens here. But yeah, man, uh, you know, roundtable. We talked about real quick. We'll just get into on. We put a little poll out there on Let's Talk Dubs podcast page, and I put what do we want to talk about or what what are people's favorite episodes. Um, what's your favorite episode? What's your favorite episode, George? Yeah, point to the mic. Yeah, I got you, bro. You can't like be all silent about it. What's your favorite episode? I have to think about it. So, so there, there's two of them that I really like. The Joel Moore guy was a super good listen, and I really enjoyed that one. And oh man, that's tough. There's been so many good stories. Like so, like there. There, There's actually been some excellent podcasts that I really enjoy a lot of the technical and the, totally. the good history. So the Bruce Myers is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, the gentleman, I can't remember right now, but uh, Revmaster. Revmaster. Yeah. Oh, Joe Horvath. Joe Horvath. Uh, Ron Loomis last week was pretty awesome. I really lot, enjoyed the Loomis one. I yeah. learned a lot just listening and like I, to think that Ron Loomis is only a 
drag and strip racing kind of guy. And to hear him say, no, 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 we, our products are being made for the street now and I'm seeing them more. It makes you open your eyes. His products aren't cheap, but hey, if you want good control or top quality parts, it's a good thing to start looking to. You got to pay to play regardless. Yeah. Anybody who makes a good product out there. It's not cheap. Yeah. Most, if it is, be careful. Good and cheap rarely go hand in hand. No, rarely. They, they, they don't. And so I'm going to read some of the comments we got on our uh, Facebook post. Uh, Don Eastman says Nate was his favorite podcast. Hey, that was an excellent podcast. I like I yeah. like Nate's podcast. I like, to I like yeah. Nate's just podcast. Easy guy to listen to. Um, Howie DeWitt. Oh my gosh, Howie DeWitt. Come on, bro. He says, all the episodes with George are my favorite. Unbelievable. Shout bro. out. Uh, somebody must have Howie a car. Howie must, must have, have a car at George's shop. 59 right-hand drive getting filled by somebody. I think, I think he's got a... I think he wants uh, it in paint. Yeah. And Gerard uh, Quiraz says, he says, I like him because Gerard says he thinks they're all pretty damn good. And then uh, Blanton Copeland says, Claw's missing. Chris Valone and Cooker's restoration. So those it's, were it's actually tough to say what it go because like I you mentioned Cooker's. I really enjoyed him because he's a no BS. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah I, I really like his attitude. Bob Cook, I tell you what he, he thinks don't about give you. A rat, you know what? <laughs> he's going to give it to you the way he feels, and I dig that about the dude. They're they're all good. I, yeah. You've got a couple of stinkers, and there's there's, <laughs> there's way, and I'm going to say maybe two of those, and we're not going to talk. What about What episode those. is this right now? Seventy five. This 74? is this episode. That's a pretty 74. good ratio. Dude, I'm going to I'm going to say two, maybe three have been not the best. Right. The re- the rest of them. Even Scott Moses sleeping on the the mic the whole time oh was gosh. awesome. That was a good one. But yeah, I, I really I, I think the round tables are some of my favorite because I enjoy the banter. Yeah, the round. The, I like the round tables are fun. I like the, I like the stories that come out. Um, the, you know, the, the, the stories are what make the podcast, in my opinion. It's the reason. Uh, you know, I st- one of my reasons on starting the podcast is my favorite thing to do with new VW people that I meet is just to ask them the questions, especially like I go back to my buddy, Chris Cox, right? Chris Cox, right? Mm -hmm. Chris and I, I, like first time I met Chris, he had this, you know, huge warehouse. He was a VW parts import, all stuff. All I cared about, he he just had so much stuff. I go, bro, what's the best deal you got? And we were just talking, he just started to, we just talked for like an hour about deals, deals. And my eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it's like my favorite part because I love, like the whole treasure hunting aspect of it and like the, the the surprise and just the stories because every one of those deals is a story, you know. Um, I've got a guy here in town locally that I'm going to have on the podcast. He's he's a buddy of ours, but he bought a, a particular car and this car had a unique uh, history and value to it. And we're going to have him on there because I just like the stories, you know, which is why the tagline for the podcast is what's your VW story. But um I, I let me see. We'll save. I'll save my favorite for the last. Um, but we've got uh, um, Andrew Humphrey says Ron Fleming and Dave Cormack. Uh, Lucas Hand says Ron Fleming, and Rick Meredith says number forty six. Somebody want to tell me what number forty six is? Because I just number. I'm not really sure what number forty six is. But Rick Meredith says forty six is favorite. So I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's uh, Bill Schwimmer or if that's uh, Stefan or. Too, but I mean, I really, I've really enjoyed what Number 46 is Bill Schwimmer, Bill Schwimmer. Yeah. So what I enjoy the most about the podcast is, 
is getting to know, because the crazy part that, that for me that maybe some of you guys don't know, a lot of people assume that I already know these people. And most of the people I talk to, I've never met or talked to before. Bill's fearless and he will talk, he will talk <laughs> anybody. to anybody. He does not He'd start care. a conversation with anybody. <laughs> but the reality is I have a genuine interest in Volkswagens and the history of Volkswagens and all that stuff. And, and the hist- people's specific history, you know, um, I mean, when, when I was, my buddy Lloyd Keys is supposed to come on and, and we're supposed to talk about some of his cars and the collections that the cars that he's had in his collections. And one of the cars specifically that he has is a, uh, uh, Denonar Stoss. And it's one of only three ever built. That is a hard top and or four ever built. That's a hard top coupe. Is this the brake guy you're talking about? No, 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 no. This the Lloyd Lloyd deals in uh, in uh, games like card games and all kinds of like okay. crazy stuff. But he's a he's a low key low key uh, collector out of the Bay Area. Like people that know about the stock cars or know who Lloyd is. Um, but you guys will get to know him because I'm going to have him on the podcast because I want to talk about the history of the DNS. But the people that were there, and I don't want to get too much into it because I want to talk to him about the story because I had this conversation with the people that he bought the DNS from and it's a one of four. And when I talk to these people, you know, I'm at the car show and I'm talking to Ron Huff and he's the guy that helped. Um, he's like Lloyd's homie and he helps Lloyd get the car dialed in and all the stuff. He does a lot of work on the car for Lloyd. And I was talking to him and I'm like, bro, that's unbelievable. Like, how do you find a one in four car? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, those two people over there were the owners. And so there's like an older couple of us. I just roll up on these fools and start, <laughs> and start yo, grandma, grandpa, why'd you guys sell this car? What did you want for it? How did you, you find, me? how did you find out what it was worth? Like, I just pepper them with all these questions. Cause I'm, I'm trying to understand like, and they told me the story like, yeah, we got this car in the sixties, paid like $4,000 for it, which is about what my Riviera cost in the sixties. Yeah. But they were buying a 10-year-old, you know, Porsche-esque car because it was a DNS that had all the Porsche drivetrain. And this story I'll share because I, this is a conversation I had with them personally. But they, they had bought the car for $4,000. All of their kids had driven it through high school. And the last kid. Jeez, could you imagine being uh, one of those kids? Uh, yeah, but listen, look, bro, the car is like it, it, back, in the, know, back in the yeah, se- like, oh, look, but back in the back in the 70s. Right? It's like a Hermie mobile. Like, what is this dork machine? It looks like a like a like a half like a. It's so lame. They like, only made four of them. Yeah, like some kind of it's like some kind of. <laughs> inbred uh 356 with a notchback feel to it and then like a fat fender front it's got a really unique look and actually when you look at it, it's a super cool looking car but you know it wasn't that it probably wasn't that cool and everyone's like oh i get to drive the the dns like no one knows what it is or whatever the case is so the story was that the kids had driven it through high school and up into the 70s and then they had blown the motor somebody blew the motor up it's 356 motor they're cheap and so Dime a dozen. the car literally went into a barn. It went into a barn and we're all good cars go to die. Right. In, or, in Oregon. Right. So it's in Oregon hidden in a barn for uh, up until the early mid 2000s. Probably two, it might've been 2010 or 12 when he bought the car. And I, and so I'm, I'm like, well, how did you find out what, like what, it, what it is and what it's worth? Like, how do you, how does that come across? Cause you're not into the, you're not into the scene. You're not into anything. And one of their the previous owner's daughters had married a Porsche mechanic, and they knew there was some Porsche, like it was Porsche parts on it. So they call him over. Then he starts doing some research on it, and then 
connects with the guy who runs the DNS registry online. And then the guy with the DNS registry finds out, you know, they reach out to him to get some information on the car. Then all of a sudden he gets in the middle of the deal. And I remember when this whole thing was going down, like the car popped up, everybody was like, we can't let it go out of the U.S. Like it's in the U.S. We got to keep it here. And Lloyd, lucky enough, snagged that car. But the, at Amelia, at Amelia Island last year, it was a big thing with all coach built. Like there was, a, there was like five or six, maybe even more than that, maybe like eleven DNSs there. So it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty intense because those things were all custom hand built cars. And that's a whole other conversation that I want to that I want to have with Lloyd about the DNS history and some stuff like that. So it's a uh, that's my favorite part about the podcast is the stories, getting the stories. Cause I don't care who you are, bro. Everybody likes to talk about whatever they got or what they had or how they got to it. And so that's, that's the part that I love to share about the podcast. Um, so my favorite podcast of all that I have done, how dare you, man? I don't have Just one. Just have it. I don't have, no, I don't have one. I don't have it? one. I'm, no, I'm, I'm bringing <laughs> that. I'm bringing this up. I'm only bringing this up because I saw that our boys had commented on something and I'm trying to find the comment because I saw that our boys, Adam and Nick LaFrance posted something up on here and I don't see their, I don't see their comments on here. Oh, maybe there are, let me see all comments. comments. There you go. Let's see. So Mike, Mike J. Good says, buddy Hale. Now that dude is a character. I meant that in a good way. I promise I still have bumper sitting on my shelf that he wouldn't put on <laughs> on when he did my car i'll talk him into it one of these days and then uh oh adam powell says i spy eric de jong d jong thanks for the tag buddy and uh at least he tagged you there and then i thought <laughs> i thought i saw nick i thought nick lafrance put something on here it's well, probably oh, a yeah, yeah 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 he says adam powell i spy bill Segrino. so see nick's i think nick but i'm not gonna lie nick's the first member of my fan club <laughs> nick's my boy but Rossi and phoned off that's it, bro. He knows what's cool. He knows Rossi's. Rossi's are cool, and we'll leave it at that. So, um, you guys can Rossi up, bro. Any cars that you guys uh, that have come out in the past year, any cars in the past year or two that come to memory of like phenomenal cars that you've seen that you're super like just stick in your brain. If we're gonna say two, I like that Nardo whatever gray fastback. The one from the Sema from Northern California. That's a really nice. It's on the, not, like not, seventeen inch food fastback, not the notchback build. The it, Nardo Gray is is. See, bro, when you start talking like a stalker, Audi. like a bro Nardo Gray, no, like it's yeah, Audi I, I, bro, color. Sorry, bro, it's I'm not. It's not type three. Bro, it's an Audi color. It's Nardo bro, George gray. T's a label, a, like a label hoe, dude. He's just like some labels. <laughs> That's the one that's on uh, like 17 inch Fuchs. Yeah. Detailed Fuchs. That is, is that the one with the art. Safari windshield? Yeah. Jeremy yeah. Brooks, who's another uh, Let's Talk Dubs alumni. Yeah. He did uh, the windshield in that one. That that was a super slick car. Just the stance, the look. I love the fact he used a modern Audi color. You know, yeah. so throwing it back to VW. Speaking that of Jeremy really Brooks, do you see that uh, uh, Jesse James reached out to him to get a Safari yeah, window done? He built a uh, Jeremy Brooks built a Safari for a Monster Garage project they're working on right now because I think they're bringing back Monster Garage. They are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's some cool. He was stuff. really stoked awesome. on it. He put yeah. a big post up about it. Like that's a know, that's a huge congrats yeah. to Jeremy. That's pretty pretty awesome to have yeah. Jesse reach out to you. Well, you know, when you're doing when you're doing big things and let's talk dubs recognizes talent, you know, we we uh recognize people that are doing big things and you know, that's the cool that's the other cool part about the VW industry. You know, everybody looks everybody sees people sometimes in a light like all oh, these guys are 
you know, super big deal and they've done a lot of stuff, but these are just enthusiasts, man. You know, there's, there's, I assure you, nobody's gotten the VW scene to get rich. Cause that, <laughs> that's, that I haven't happen? ran into one yet. And I haven't run into one rich guy yet that got rich. Maybe uh, like the guy that owns Wolfsburg West is rich or being in a th- the guy that owns BBT is rich. Uh, I'm sure a couple of these VW guys are rich. You guys know, who are way up there. They're rich. You know, but if you got a VW shop, you ain't rich. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your name is rich, you ain't rich. <laughs> well, but I mean, I mean, who knows? But I mean, the, 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 the part of that, like, like honestly, when I try to say like, I don't have a favorite podcast, like they're all different and unique in yeah. a way, you know? And, uh, and because the stories are so, are so personal to each individual, I really like, I really like all of them. I mean, some flow better than others. One of the first, I think the first in-studio podcast that I ever did was with um, Joe Moore. Yeah. And with, with Joe Moore, and that was really. You can really, just tell that guy's been in front of a mic before. Or uh, he just, he knew how to carry a conversation, or just a good conversationalist. Well, I think he it's dead. He knew how to carry a conversationalist. He knew how to direct it. Even when he got sidetracked by Bill T, hey, hey. he'd steer it right back in he's he's obviously very intelligent in the vw world and and just common experience in his life too because bill threw a couple questions at him he's like oh hey here's my experience here's what's going on that joel is very very knowledgeable and a lot of the in the in studio recordings are are, way better are are easier to listen to yeah i'm it's a it's hard it's hard to get the uh i mean i wish i wish i could take two months off work and just go face to face with people and do podcasts and work shop interviews and all stuff. Well, a lot of people think I don't, but well, when we get that. So update on Bill's project. We did. Hold on. So hold, you're, you're jumping gear. You're, you're jumping gears. We'll do project updates in just a second here. But I was going to say, when you get the bus going and it's actually got the podcast studio in it, you're going to be busy at shows then at that point, because then you're going to be grabbing people while you're in those areas and doing podcasts in the bus. That, I mean, that's what we're building it for is to be a mobile podcast oh, yeah. studio. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Because you get a chance to do a lot of them face to face. I really liked you know, doing that, uh, podcast that I did at Octo with, uh, with RK. That was pretty, that, I was, that was super cool. That was pretty fun. And okay. then I, I actually people got to walk by and like, Oh wow. Oh, they're, they're doing it right they're there. They're doing it right there. Right yeah. Here. And I, I, yeah. Yeah. Hey, there we are. I actually liked the little bit of background noise that you had in there. I liked that. And then the same one with Dean Kirsten, when we had, we did his podcast that outside of, of that diner. That was a lot and of fun. But, but if you I listen, I was a sound engineer on that, by the way. I got no cred. If you oh. listen to the, no, no, it's on the bottom of my shoe. I put your cred <laughs> on the bottom of my shoe. And then if you listen to that, like if you're listening to that podcast and you and you listen to the background, you hear a little bit of that street noise coming by and stuff like that, which which I, I like that you know, layer of real. it. This no, I just I just like the that. Streets. I like that layer We're of it. Streets so. hitting the streets. I will say that the Dave, the Dave and. RK one was Dave and RK that were talking about teasing each other with yeah. different yeah, yeah, uh, with magazines the, and yeah, stuff like that. with the hot VW's VW Trends yeah. rivalry. It's fun to hear those stories. VW Trends was uh, was a great magazine. It yeah. sucks that it's not around any longer. Yeah, it was, it was great. A different, it was a different. It was a style different than hot VW. Correct. Was. Yeah, had had a different flavor altogether. And what's interesting is so many things that you learn from the podcast of not even being VW related. If you look at um, Tom McMillan with McMullen, McMullen Publishing, that where they started Hot VWs. That dude, bro, Google search him. Look at his story. That guy's a nut, dude. That dude was a nut. His story is a whole crazy story. Like this dude lived on the air. I mean, you could do a movie on that guy. I mean. And there probably will be. Bro, I'm telling you, this guy, like when I, because 
when I was listening back to the podcast, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole looking up Tom McMullen and what he's been up to or, or what he did with producing the magazine and all that stuff and starting the wiring company and all that stuff. And that dude was just a, he was just a, a loose cannon, bro. Like live in the seventies, like nobody's business. Now everybody's got homework. Everybody got to look up Tom McMillan. On yeah. Tom, yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom McMillan with, to uh, from McMillan, McMillan publishing. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, it's, it's crazy. Alive? No, it's a crazy story, bro. You got to look at this. It's a nutty story. I was going to say you can get him on the podcast, but yeah, not so, anymore. You yeah. just call him a nut. I know no. a chick. She can do a seance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll do, maybe we do a let's talk dub seance. Well, so George cars. So you like the fastback? Anything you've seen, Eric, this year? Oh man, there's been uh, quite a few. Ren Renworks uh, bus, pretty cool. I like that fastback that George mentioned. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. There's been the Instagram car shows that have been going on, kind of fun to watch. Uh, people from all over just posting up whatever the hashtag is for the week or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've I've. Uh... I liked uh, Mike's car that Lanny built out of Canada. That was a nice, that ultramaroon, that was a super nice bug. Um, I, I'm just such a, I'm just such a, like a super clean car freak guy. Like I just dig the super clean cars. In the last year, there's a red type 34 gear. I don't know who owns it, but it's, but it's on, uh, it's on Fuchs. That car I like a lot. You know, I just I just like Type Thirty Four gears. Is it like a full build? Like a yeah, yeah. It's a full it's a full build. It's I mean, listen, it's not. Where'd you see it? It, it was at the it was the classic last two years, and it, it's the only one that's out. It's sitting it on it's sitting on Fuchs skinnies and deep, some of typical, but it's red, black top. You know, typical Type Thirty Four. It's, it's just a nice car, but you know, I'm partial to that because. You know, I like, I like, I like, and wait, there's awesome. an, there'll be another one coming out in the next couple of years. Just you wait, but let me, you know, I got a lot of projects in How front of that. Waiting? I don't Might know. Yeah. No, I, I, no, not really. I, I just want to get, I, I need to get that thing. Like I need to blow it apart, have a plan and hammer it out. And like, while the bodywork and paints be done, get the pan done, suspension done and get the upholstery and all that stuff done. But Sounds the first, so easy when you say it that. is, it's very easy if you have a plan Part of my problem is I Stick start cars. I start cars with no plan, so the plan for my next Type Thirty Four is Pancake Two Liter Nine Fourteen Motor Stroked EFI, Berg Five Speed, and uh, of course Seventeen Inch Wheels that are to be determined. That'll be on there. It's a good plan. And uh, I, I'm I'm wrestling with like putting it back to the stock color. I almost bought an interior kit from Pedro. And then I just had to back out at the last minute because it just. Sorry, Pedro. It's just not my Very style. Like stock, the stock houndstooth and the stock. It's just not my style. Like I just, really? I just funny. gotta do. I, I was at Santa Barbara this weekend and I was, I was jocking on the houndstooth. I'm like, I'm gonna do something with houndstooth in it. It looks so good. And my brother's like, I'm not into houndstooth. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I like houndstooth. Yeah, no, bro. You look at some singers. They do some really cool houndstooth. No, I guess who it is. I, I was trying to remember. Yeah, who you singer told me not, about. bro. Who turned down to singer nine eleven? That's you right. Did. That's right. I'm always on the cutting edge, bro. Little known fact Ouch, on Singer, I'm so sharp, <laughs> I just cut myself on Singer 911. There's a band from the 90s called Catherine Wheel, and Rob, I don't know his last name, but Good Rob, one. Rob, the lead singer from Catherine Wheel, is the owner of Singer 911, which they is why pretty which cool is builds. why oh, the tachometers yeah. all go to 11. So, because that's a throwback to like Spinal, spinal tap, tap type stuff, but he's a he's a musician, but now there they're doing a post the on his three hundred thousand dollar. Um, I don't understand why you put a tech goes to 11 when the motor maxes out at 9.5. 
And he just replied, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> like he replied himself. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Like the fact that the guy didn't get it. Like you got to understand whose car you're looking at. You know you what? Know? The like, guy. You're looking and, at. But, and that's part. And, and that may, a singer. He's and, a singer of a band. And that might be the the whole irony to the singer 911 is like if you don't know you probably shouldn't get yeah. one you know what i mean and like just the fact of what he's taking is maybe that guy porsche maybe that guy should get an rwb he should I you know, know what that is What's that's, <laughs> that's the guy to thailand that builds these big fat fender 911s they're probably like three feet wider than normal they're monsters yeah but either way different 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 topics altogether but speaking of porsche vw world one of the guys i've been wanting to go on the podcast is uh, Rod Emery and I, I, I hit him up on Instagram and uh, no response from that guy. But come on, Rod, pull it bro, out. pull it hey, together. Rod, dude. We'd love to hear. Some I follow off. him on Instagram, so yeah, he. You know, uh, yeah, look, bro, I follow him on Instagram yeah. too. And hey, his daughter know, got like a fifty-four for a graduation present. Some from, early bug from a family member, yeah, not from even a from a family him. member, gave her like this fully restored bug for a graduation yeah. present. And I figured he, his daughter goes to UNLV out here, so I figured he'd be in town for some reason. Or yeah. So I hit him up on Instagram, hey, like, Bill, yo, be persistent. Little known fact. Yeah. The reason I found out about Loud Luggage is because Rod Emery got one. And so that may be an info. Look right? at that. We've gone full circle. No, bro. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't know who uh, Let's Talk Dubs is, bro, but he'll find I'm out. I'm going to go with he doesn't know who Let's yeah. Talk Dubs is. You don't know what you don't know, bro. But anyway, um, my one of the – so I talked about a couple cars that I saw this year. Um, one of the cars I saw last year at the Huntington Beach on the pier – was actually a car it wasn't a car it was a bus it was it's a bus not a car it was it was a type of car this is more specifically a bus but this bus is uh it's gray like a mouse gray and black and it has so it's got a 914 tack instead of the speedo and it's got a um NACA duct on the back the last window mm-hmm and it has just some just some trick mods done to it that are kind of subtle, but I love that bus. And funny to find out, a friend of mine who owns a tent shop here in Vegas is friends with that guy, and we got talking on Instagram about something, and I happened to see the bus, and he had that's the one that has the removable wheel arcs or the fender the fender uh, deals. Mm-hmm. And I can't recall the guy's name. I'll have to look it up and put a shout out. And, and, and for this for this podcast, I'll put um, I'll put a uh, I'll put a link and a couple pictures to for this particular bus and all the cars that I'm talking about here. But and I may not have a picture of the Type 34 Gia because I was so upset that I didn't have one when it was out. I didn't. I, at a protest, I didn't take a picture, but it, it's a super clean car, and I'll I'll credit all the names and all that stuff in the uh, in the blog page at letstalkdubs.com/blog. So you guys will be able to see some of the stuff we're talking about. We'll put some pictures of the red and white bug. Put some pictures of all the stuff that we're talking about on here. So. Um, anything else you guys before we wrap it up anything else you guys want to talk about so we got the uh, bull run bus in its final primer stage yes of high build doing one last block session on it and she'll be getting painted nice and then it's on to upholstery next yeah I gotta get some bench seats built for that which reminds me I've got a couple cool pictures to show you some stuff that I saw just the other day um, for for upholstery on that thing because I want to do like a double bench in that thing with a table in the middle for the podcasting and uh I I really want to I really want to do the interior nice in that thing. So, yeah, it's going to be the bus that uh the bus that I always wanted. I always wanted a skylights and a sunroof and now I get to have it in my favorite bus. So, it's uh and that's and that's kind of the reason why everybody's like, you know, if someone says to me, "Why would you put that ragtop section in that bus?" because 
I don't want a different bus. I want that bus. And I, if I want that bus to be a 20, now the technology's come out to where I could get a roof section and do it. And I got all the parts and pieces. And now it's just going to, it just adds another layer of cool to that another, bus another for me. Of the story. Yeah. And I'm, and that, and that's what I'm debating right now. Do I strip all the bull run stuff on it and just make it a mobile let's talk dubs mobile or Can't do that. It'll be two different colors paint underneath. It. I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah. know. There's no way. Know. There's no way it didn't get sun faded. Well, Even with as little sun exposure that car gets, there's no way it didn't sun fade. Well, those stickers have been there for 10 years. And then the, has it been that long? 10 years. That's 11 Ooh, years, wow. 12 years. It's 2008 wow. when we did that. 12 years. Those stickers have been on us. 2008. We did bull run. So, yeah, it's 12, 12 years. Hey, George, is doing Bull Run at the beginning of opening a uh, VW restoration business a good idea? It's an excellent idea. <laughs> when your competition opens up directly behind you that week, it was perfect idea. Oh, that's idea. amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen. That competition wasn't much competition, by the way. Nah, well, bro, they, 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 the they, they came on like a ball of fire and went out like a ball of fire. Like a ball of fire. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so project update was was Bull Run Bus. Bull uh, Run two- Bus got primed this week. Next, Actually, not beyond prime, like uh, Virgil went through and cleaned up every window housing in it and made sure. So now I got to give a beef. My beef with that freaking sunroof section is the front interiors of those of, of, of the front inside metal doesn't have a well deep enough would, for it, for the uh, for the for the window rubber. So I think there may be in the way that they're making those pieces. I think it was more of where where the piece was put in. Was well, the problem there. The, the piece should have been brought up about another quarter inch because what happened was when it where it was put in, it was put in so low, and then the upper lip actually had that an L channel. Yeah, it's just bottom, didn't. bottom line. It's just frustrating that you buy something and it might need some mods and stuff yeah, done to it. It's but. every piece of metal we get, we have to mod. But we've talked we've talked about yeah. that a million times before. Um, and then project sixty seven sixty seven bus bug will be. Uh, coming up here, we're There's gonna supposed to be a throwdown tomorrow, but well, there wasn't a plan. There wasn't a plan throwdown tomorrow, I heard about a throwdown. and someone got a bunch of appointments set up. So we're we we may have we can't do tomorrow. It's gonna be too stinking hot. So you're well, welcome to my world. I'm there every day. I am. I am. But I'm not looking. <laughs> hey, at I'm there just like this. This ain't not co- even a cool, relaxing clothes. This ain't this ain't cool hand, Luke, and nobody can see you through the radio now. Um, so Project 67, we're going to get some parts and pieces for them. We're going to do a one-day deal on that coming up. So I've got the beam built for that, and I've got the drop spindles built for it, and i got the arms pressed in or the ball joints pressed in for the beam. So I'm going to have the beam fully assembled, and then I figured we could do a cool video on, on the swap on that, you know? Yeah. Like pull the old beam out, put the new one in kind of deal. Yeah, that'd be. That'd and at that time, we'll most likely be upgrading the brake system and everything like that. Yeah, upgrade the brakes. I really like to get a whole stash of parts before we get moving on that thing and, and kind of just knock the thing out in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm contemplating taking my 2276 that's sitting in the garage over here. Stop. And nope. uh, I, I won't let him do that. Sorry, no? guys. Sorry, let's talk dub listeners. I won't let him do that. Why not? Made a giveaway up, car? Come made on. Made it up Bro, to giveaway car with a transmission. Giveaway car with, when you with to find a, a giveaway motor to put in a with giveaway a, car. With a rip snorting 2276. Okay, so. There's nothing we're going to discuss about giveaway. It, no, it may give. it, it no no not not give like you'll have a chance to win that car. It may be on a, in a raffle type basis. It may be in something, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll make it we'll make it so I'd inexpensive. Say that depends on, on on how we do the car, what level we take it to, whether it's given away or if it has to be raffled away. 
We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see what do. I mean, listen. Whatever's going to happen with it, it's a super cherry '67 that somebody's yeah. going to get. That's Someone's gonna that's like have a hooked up car. Real that's good nice, bones. Real nice. good bones. And some of the stuff that we'll do it to, it's going to make it a nice driver. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Next Tuesday, I'm going to be going down. Uh, I'm going to stop into Phoenix. A friend of mine was running down to Phoenix for some shock work on an off road car he's got. And I said, "Oh, you're going down there? We got to talk." And, I, and then I invited myself on his road trip. And I was like, "Well, I'll just go down <laughs> well, with I'm just you. Come but, with you if that's cool." Say, player, an empty seat right say, next to you. Say, player, you got some gas? I'll go with you, and I'll drop off my brakes. So I'm going to go visit the split window next week. So if Buddy Hill happens to be listening to this podcast, I'll be there next Tuesday, and. Uh, We'll be checking out the split window, getting some of the lowdown on it. Um, and sure there'll be a video to follow. There'll be a, there'll for sure be a video to follow. Some of the details, not a lot of stuff you guys are gonna get to see on it because when that car comes rolling out, dude, haters gonna hate, bro. Haters gonna hate, but I'm so stoked for it. Like, oh man, I'm looking forward to getting that car. I'm just looking. I'm you know, I'm looking, really looking forward to having your split driving back. that twenty. Having what? Having your split back. Oh, no, but just dri- driving that twenty six. No hard All time. Right. Yeah, twenty six. 100 cc with 48s on it i can't wait i cannot like driving a bug with a type 4 in it with a big type 4 is like a driving a bug with a v8 is like a torque monster. still has cable brakes at least though right yeah yeah, yeah of course cable course. brakes of course of course we change those <laughs> no but it's got it's got the it's got the cable brakes that are pulling on some boxster calibers <laughs> yeah it's got the coil, coil over suspension all the way around um, i'm looking forward to driving this car early porsche style uh early porsche style racing seats in it so, and then the wiring, I was talking to Eric and I were talking tonight. We're going to be doing some, some, tri- I, I, I volunteered him. I volunteered him. He's going to be helping me with the wiring because he's got the patience. Bill doesn't, Bill doesn't do wiring. I do wiring. I've wired mm-hmm. lots of stuff, but I don't do clean wiring. I'll get the job. <laughs> grommets. I, what are grommets? Those are expensive and not necessary. Grommets are expensive. Number two, hot Bro, JT, J, GTJD, dude. I get the job done, dude. <laughs> GTJD, bro. That's a new saying I just made up. Feel free to use it. Someone starts mocking your work. You tell them, GTJD, bro. Get the job done. And that's what I did. So, But no, I really want to. The, the, the split deserves to have a super dialed in wiring on it, especially with the wiring system we're going to do. I think it's going to be super trick. Like people are going to be pretty stoked to see that, you know? There's a couple other things I wanted to do the car that are kind of top secret that I think I can do after paint and all that stuff still. It's usually a good time to do stuff so, after paint. Well, bro, listen, when the visions Sawzall's when the visions are just vomiting out of your face and you're trying to tell your guy what to do and then you tell him what to do and you're like, make this magic happen. They're like, I don't know how to make that magic happen. You know, listen, you got to figure stuff out on your own sometimes. But <laughs> notwithstanding that, that's what's, going, that's what's going on with my project. Uh, George, anything going on with your bus? Diesel heater. Chinese diesel heater I'm putting in the back. Oh, so you want death by China? Is that what you're uh, going to do? I want, I want heat when we camp. And it has a, a thermostat that goes in the wall. Shout out to Scott White. He's the one that showed me it. And uh, that's what I'm putting in the bus next. It's a nice right, diesel bro. heater for the back. Chinese diesel heater, huh? Chinese Sound. diesel heater. Sounds me suspicious. And my wife should die of asphyxiation one night, and you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what are you working on, Eric? So my 56, I've got to uh, – so I recently put – four-wheel disc brakes under it um i've done quite a bit of work while it's been off the road so i got a lot of little fine tuning got to uh what wheels are going on it uh they're brms so i got some brms on there windows no he's got his witter he hasn't even got to play with yet well yeah i know this pick up his witter bro don't tell everybody that's my secret dude when he's ready to quit on this witter i'll be like yo bro look player you need some granite countertops let's do this (laughs) 
Sorry. That's not with him. His, that's with the wife. I'd be like, man, these, look at these countertops. What the, that, that real ceramic tile? See, obviously, Bill hasn't met Angela and know her very well because she told me not to sell the oval and to keep it and the zwitter. So I have Yeah, she actually was the one who was like, no, don't get rid of the oval. Why would you get rid of that, too? Listen. That's a keeper. I hear you. I hear you. Good times in the Dion household. <laughs> That's it. Well, um, I hope you guys appreciate this round table. Uh, again, if you guys want to follow, uh, make sure you follow these guys. Follow George at the wagon. We got rid of the underscore today. That's right. Get rid of the underscore. George at gets the to wagon. have That's it. at the wagon. Nice and easy. At the wagon. And then uh, Eric, Instagram. I'm, I'm at the underscore EMD young. That's T H E underscore E M D E J O N G. And you guys can check out some of his VW projects and also some of the clean wiring stuff he does at work. He posts on there. Yeah. His low voltage wiring is, is, is yeah, yeah. impressive stuff. I'm telling I you guys, geek out on stuff. He's on yeah. the tweak, bro. The dude's on the <laughs> tweak, dude. You see. I'll tell you right now, that guy, you, you see the wiring, you tell me, you post up that he's not. You know so. what he's ready to wire? What's that? Are some new lights in the shop, landlord. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, I didn't see you the other day. It was so dark in there. I, I wasn't there. There's only two there. lights working in one bank. <laughs> one whole bank, there's only two lights working oh, in Bro, bank. get on that. It's, all, it's all on Instagram. I think you get those, you hey, get them lights on Instagram. I heard the Bill T. PayPal open up. They're like they're like four four bulbs for a dollar. Something I like, like that. it so far. Anyway, guys, I hope you guys appreciate the podcast. Uh, if you guys are looking for other topics that you guys want us to chat about on the podcast on the next roundtable, feel free to shoot us a line. Shoot me a line at uh, bill at letstalkdubs.com. You can send me an email. You don't don't forget uh, to go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review if you guys are going to get some shout-outs. Uh, we'll give shout-outs to everybody gets a five-star review or people that participate on the Let's Talk Dubs Facebook page and send us messages and give us some feedback. So uh, until next week, guys, later. If you like our podcast, tell a friend, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. To support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com, go to the store, purchase some merch, and support your favorite Volkswagen podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified every time a new episode comes out. Until next week, guys, later.